and this is way more fun. You know, when I first uh, saw this, when you when you sent me a, a little bit of this, I, I thought, oh my gosh, like, is this their, the government's manuals for running psyops, making people believe in like aliens and UFOs and, you know, Bigfoot or whatever else. Uh, that's what I thought I was at first. And they're like, no, no, that's not what it is. Um, but it's, it's still pretty funny what, what uh, they actually intended to do was basically like, you know, warn people about conspiracy theories. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, obviously it's the federal government. Um, there's a manual for everything. And it's just, it's just so funny how they, how they, what, how much they think about their employees, but this is wonderful. So we'll get into it. I'll get Mike up on stage and uh, see what he, his thoughts are. If you take a look at the first slide, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, it has the table of contents. So page five, uh, a brief description of the conspiracy universe or overall overview of it. Uh, the New World Order basic elements. <laughs> New World Order basic elements false flags. Uh, New World Order basic elements predictive programming. New World Order satanic version. <laughs> uh, New World Order extraterrestrial version. New World Order corporate version. New World Order Zionist, Freemason, Illuminati. We've got QAnon conspiracy. We've got emerging conspiracies. And we've got in the crosshairs, Department of Energy, Customer Facilities, NNSA, and OST. <laughs> and the cover's got the alien. It's just so fantastic. <laughs> but what's even funny about this is it says volume one, Millie. This is, so they intended to have more volumes. <laughs> Yeah, they'll just have to add on when all the conspiracy theories get created out of nowhere. Like, my favorite was the, um, I know TikTok has some really funny conspiracy theories out there. And it's just, it's hilarious sometimes, like, to see how these things, like, start and where they go. And then, you know, people, like, add on to them. And I, really, I think a lot of it's, like, LARPing um, or trolling and my favorite one was the birds the pigeons have you guys heard of that one no oh my gosh okay so the conspiracy theory on tiktok was like that the pigeons were all secretly um robots that they were they were not like real that the pigeons were robots and that like they they'd all put this like you'd see all these people making these videos like Think about it. Have any of you ever seen a baby pigeon? Like you, we, <laughs> we all see when we're in New York or in the city and we all see all these pigeons, but have we ever seen, like you see baby geese, you see baby ducks, like have we ever seen baby pigeons? And it's funny because it's like, no, I don't think any of us have seen baby pigeons, but like, <laughs> I don't know why, right? But it's just hilarious. And then, like, they would put up these, like, um, these, like, videos of, like, manuscripts or, or, like, blueprint of, like, the secret robotic wiring inside of the pigeons. And then people added on to it. And it was, like, when you see the pigeons on the on the wires, you know, like, the electric wires, that's their charging stations. <laughs> <laughs> And it literally has me dying laughing, like, oh my gosh, it's <laughs> yeah. so funny. <laughs> well, and what's crazy about this too, uh, yes, I know about the birds aren't real phenomenon. I didn't know that they were taking it that far though uh, with the pigeons, that's amazing. But to your point, I don't think I've ever seen a baby pigeon. 
So maybe they're onto something. I don't know. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. Maybe I'll have to- <laughs> no, like I've, I've looked it up because okay. I was like, all right, I got to see. Now, now I'm curious. Like I'm, I'm invested in this. Like I have to see what a baby pigeon looks like now. And you can look it up and you can see it. they're just ugly. You know, they're, they don't look like pigeons. But yeah, they do exist. Um, pigeons are real. But, you know, obviously, like what I'm getting at is like there's a lot of there are some conspiracy theories out there. So I guess you, you might need to be told to look out for it. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's pretty straightforward, but, you know, it's the government. So, well, let's let's crack into this a little bit. So we're going to start with the first post from Oversight Project. You guys are following Oversight Project. They do a lot of great work over there. Uh, Heritage Foundation, Mike Howell, they do a lot of great work. And so uh, obviously it's a lot of fun. This is a, this is a more fun topic for me. And uh, so we're going to get into it here. On the first tweet, it's called The Fed's Guide to Conspiracy Theories. The National Nuclear Security Administration compiled a lengthy report summarizing their views on conspiracy theories. This was shared with law enforcement at a federal, state, and local levels, including the FBI. (laughs) So um, the report mixes a variety of outlandish theories with legitimate political and ideological concerns. It criticizes individuals who, who mistrust the news media and government. And of course, January 6th appears on the first page. You can kind of see this here. It's on the introduction. So like this is like the overview of what they're, they're what they're saying are, are conspiracy theories. You can kind of look in there. there there's a couple of things that were highlighted. It said, um, you know, rejecting official information from the news media and or government leaders in favor of conspiracy to explain the reported events. Conspiracy theorists also referred to as conspiracists generally reject mainstream information. Question everything is a phrase often quoted and leads to conspiracists to seek alternative sources of information. These alternative information sources often push unverified or erroneous information and can be deliberately misleading. Yeah, <clears throat> so this is hilarious, right? Number one, I don't know if you, Millie, if you've seen this, there's some data coming out again for the, for the second the second quarter in a row, um, legacy media is down, down, down. And usage on X and other independent media outlets is up. And it's this, this common trend. They're saying it's, we're conspiracists for... Uh, not trusting CNN. Well, I, I, sorry. <laughs> I guess I'm a conspiracist because all they do is lie to us. <laughs> so, but if you see here, there's a couple things in here. Um, conspiracy theories have led to violence. And in recent years, several mass shootings have either been directly attributed to conspiracy theories or contained elements of conspiracy theories. In 2018, Robert Gregory Bowers, uh, posted online conspiracy theories about Jews before he killed 11 people at a Jewish synagogue. In November of 2013, Paul Anthony uh, Chiancana, I can't, I can't say his last name, Ciancia, shot and killed a TSA agent. Ciancia carried a confession letter which spoke of his disdain for the New World Order. In 2016, Edgar Madison Welch uh, entered a pizza parlor in Washington, D.C. with multiple weapons looking for a child sex trafficking ring tied to high-profile Democratic leaders and said to operate from the basement of the restaurant. The basement did not exist. Yeah, that was Comet Pizza. Um, but as you, as you, as we kind of, as I kind of showed, I don't know if anybody was in our space yesterday when we were talking about, and oh, by the way, Millie, we're probably not going to be talking a whole lot about that for right now, uh, what we talked about yesterday. Um, but that's, it's probably for the best, but basically what they're talking about here, a lot of this stuff, actually, it may have, it's not necessarily coming out from conspiracy theories so much as it's these accelerationists. That's a whole other conversation. You guys, I wish I'd have recorded the space yesterday. I didn't intend on going over that stuff. It just kind of popped in my head and I wasn't recording. 
because uh, that's some spooky, spooky stuff. You guys can probably find out, find out on my timeline. Uh, there's a movie called Where's Jade that, that Becca made about 22 minutes talking about this very thing. Where's Jade Parker? Uh, if you go to BX on X and you watch that video, it's about 22 minutes. It'll kind of explain kind of what I'm talking about here. So like a lot of these like shootings and like events, they are being traced back to um, some of some 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 of them to these accelerationists. Others are. Yeah, they're they're crazy. So it just depends. But I just find it interesting that they're bringing these up. And they're saying during the writing of this document, a riot ensued in Washington, D.C. on January 6th of 2021. The rioters also referred to as insurrectionists fought with police and forced their way into U.S. Capitol building looking for certain VIPs, including then U.S. Vice President uh, Mike Pence. Some rioters were armed with firearms and were carrying flexi cuffs. So I th- we saw the flexi cuffs. There was no there was no firearms. Unless I'm missing something, Millie. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I, I didn't see that either. Hmm. Interesting. Well, these are the conspiracy theorists, Millie. Um, this is interesting. We we need to bring our tinfoil hats, right? You're not wearing it yet. I I forgot mine. I ran out of dang uh, tinfoil. Dang it! So, well, dang it. Okay. So, interestingly enough, this is really interesting as well. Um. Conspiracy theories have direct and indirect implications for OST. In 2015, OST vehicles were incorporated into the Jade Helm conspiracy, which stated that the government intended to use a military exercise named Jade Helm to conduct a military coup of the United States. OST vehicles were perceived as part of the military forces preparing to carry out this attack. In July 2018, the ongoing Area 51 conspiracy theory, which states extraterrestrial alien bodies and or alien technology are contained in Area 51 drew several thousand people to Rachel, Nevada for alien stock. Participants indicated that they intended to storm the gates with the, I remember this, with the intent of finding evidence to prove the conspiracy true. OST sent the contingent of agents to support. And uh, that, do I remember that. Do you remember that, Millie? (laughs) I don't think I remember that, actually. I do. <laughs> I wish Dustin was in here. I'm gonna, actually going to send this to Kyle as well because he loves this topic. Hang on. But yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I remember that because they were, they were saying like they were going to storm the gates and and uh, they were going to get the evidence. They were going to get the proof. So funny. Like in regards to the Capitol? No, 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 no. At Area 51. Oh... Okay. Yeah, 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 yes. Well, they, they were going to storm Area 51. Yeah, yeah, because they the wanted to get the proof confusing. of the aliens. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. They were like, we're going to storm Area 51. <laughs> yeah. And they were, and I, and I'm pretty sure there was like a whole lot of. Uh, I know there's a lot of media cover coverage mm-hmm. on it, but didn't they like have to call in more like I don't know, I don't know if it's a military or security or something. Like they were actually genuinely concerned that there was going to be a bunch of crazy people that were going to try to like trespass into area 51. Yeah. It, it was uh, the OST sent like a contingent of agents to support the security effort at the department of energy's national uh, Nevada national security site in 2019, the OST vehicles were misidentified as immigration and custom enforcement vehicles, ice trucks. Yeah. They, they had to send in a bunch uh, to kind of, because it was getting a little out of control. 
So that people, they were going to ransack Area 51 to get, bring out proof of aliens. It's just, I love it. It's so hilarious. Yeah, Jack, go ahead. Hey, so I'm just, um, so if we're on the topic of the conspiracies, there's this new one that I've been um, looking into that I'd be very curious. I sent you a couple things, Trash, about it, but. Uh, well, we're actually going over, so there's an actual reporting. This is a document that was given to federal employees of the Department of Energy talking about conspiracies. That's, we're going over the document right now. Oh, that's something. Um, I don't want to be. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, it, it's up in the nest, down in the chat. You guys want to follow along. Hey, Savvy. Hey, Alec. How are you guys? Hi. Thanks for having me up here. Hi, Mills. Hey. Hey, guys. Um, my name's Alec. Just by way of introduction, I'm the former chief UFO correspondent for the Daily Caller. Um, so when I saw the topic of this space, I thought it was pretty funny, pretty interesting. Dug into the uh, document here from the DOE, which in general, you know, just on first glance, it's kind of like a not bad rundown of like the state of current conspiracy theories in the United States with, you know, plenty of vaguely propaganda-ish things mixed in, like deriding people for a quote-unquote distrust of science. Um, but I do find really fascinating that the DOE was the organization putting this together specifically for their OST trucks, of course, these are the convoys that are moving secure nuclear materials. Most people don't know that the Department of Energy is actually tasked with the transport, holding, and use of nuclear materials for all of our like power plants and stuff like that. So really fascinating that they're, um, they're actually DOE is kind of tied up into a lot of the, uh, the current UAP talk on Capitol Hill and and generally just kind of UFO mysteria um, throughout the decades because of their work with nuclear materials and their general um, non-openness about that work um, as far as, you know, government programs, um, departments go. We are very familiar with things like the Department of Education and the Department of Labor and Health and Human Services. But nobody really knows much about the Department of Energy, except that they have now produced a memo on conspiracy theories. Yeah, I, and, and it's like like you said, I, I think that's a good way to put it. It is it is actually a pretty decent rundown of like, you know, current well-known conspiracy theories out there. Uh, and like, I think I think you also adequately pointed out that you know, there's some truth in here and there's also some propaganda from the government. There's some really interesting stuff in here. Um, <clears throat> that's, and it's, it really is kind of fascinating. It, it's funny, right? Cause we always talk about conspiracy theories and the stuff that they're mentioning here. They got the lizard people in here, uh, reptilians, <laughs> they got, they got it all. And, uh, but there's also some other stuff that like, you know, calling us conspiracists cause we don't believe, you know, government government funded media and 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 legacy media like well yeah we're not we're not conspiracists so yeah it's, it's a kind of interesting twist yeah go ahead Mel. what curious do you know what the date was that this was handed out because yeah october I, i'm sorry august of 2021 I'm sorry, okay, april, april 2021 sorry because the, the reason why i thought it's so weird because it just sounds so like i don't know um 
it sounds crazy because the government just recently came out and did all this like alien disclosure and um yeah and weren't they calling like intra interdimensional beings or something like they they did a bunch of disclosures so i think it's kind of interesting that they were handing out this like this conspiracy theory manuscript talking about aliens and then here they were doing disclosures so yeah that's but but yeah it makes sense if it was a couple of years ago just just from my point of view on this millie uh, and just as my experience reporting on it um i don't think the two are necessarily tied um just because the the disclosure is very like legislator legislature uh forward um it's being pushed by representatives and a couple of actors from the intelligence community that have whistleblowed uh whereas this document was obviously commissioned by the doe and it's 2021 honestly some of the conspiracy theories in it are a little bit outdated it's like you know who is really talking about the bohemian grove these days um it, you know the real conspiracy theories they should be pushing is that Joe Biden's already dead and he's got a body double. Like that's a conspiracy theory that's popular right now. I feel like. Oh yes. Oh yes. And everyone's wearing masks. Oh yes. That's uh that's, that's one floating around right now. Here, let's dive in. We've got a good panel here too for this. Um, <clears throat> so right here, you jump into part one, a brief description of the conspiracy universe and saying conspiracy theories are described as concerning an all and all powerful and secret government monitoring a mysterious universe while simultaneously misleading the citizenry. <laughs> so, uh, conspiracy theories are a fixture in American storytelling television shows such as in search of and X files, along with major motion pictures such as enemy of the state uh, provide conspiracists an array of narratives. You know, what's interesting about that movie, uh, enemy of the state and he, how that guy, he basically obviously was once an Intel, um, contractor. He basically lives in a Faraday cage. That was actually a pretty good movie. And it wasn't that conspiratorial. We're kind of seeing some of that stuff play out to these, to this day. So that's an interesting one that they added enemy of the state. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it's with Will Smith, uh, Gene Hackman. It's actually a pretty decent movie. Uh, I actually like it, and it's interesting. Uh, but yeah, nevertheless, I'll keep going. Um, <clears throat> Enemy of the state provides conspiracists an array of narratives, most notably of an all-powerful and secretive government monitoring a mysterious universe, while simultaneously misreading misleading the citizenry. <laughs> and it's got a picture of Q. It's got the uh, it's got the Matrix scene for the red pill, blue pill, um, and follow the rabbit. Remember that, and. Uh, they added the Q part there too. So <laughs> this is really interesting. Um, the document consistently defends international organizations. Here, the view that the quote United Nations, which will essentially erase all national boundaries, is a conspiracy theory. Same goes for criticism to the Federal Reserve. <laughs> so they've got the all seeing eye from our money. Uh, and then the NWO is a term used by conspiracy theorists to describe the emerging global system. Its primary feature is a single overarching government believed to be the United Nations, which will essentially erase all national boundaries. With the erasure of national boundaries, national sovereignty would be removed. For many American conspiracy theorists, the loss of national sovereignty means the destruction of the U.S. Constitution in favor of a system that will remove many of the rights we now enjoy by American citizens. Yeah, except that that's what <laughs> Except for that's what they're trying to do. <laughs> like, it's not a conspiracy theory. Um, 
mean, you could look at legislation coming down from the WHO or, or proposed legislation from WHO or UN, and it's, it's so ridiculous. But either way, the NWO is believed to be tyrannical in nature. In every version of the NWO conspiracy, the one world system is authoritarian, cruel, corrupt, and it's going to serve only a single class of citizens, the elite. <laughs> hey, Jen, welcome. <laughs> hey, Trash, looks like I'm in the right place. Yes, let's go. Here, <laughs> proudly wearing the title. Well, I, yeah, so you know me, right? You know that I'm... I don't like conspiracy spaces a whole lot because I like to talk about like tangible things. But like if the Department of Energy is going to hand out a manual on conspiracy theories, I'm interested. <laughs> That's what we're going over right now. This is so great. Mike, I'm going to get you up here, too. <laughs> well, especially like like you just said, Trash, like this is exactly what's playing out on a national scale and it's literally like their plan and they're sitting here oh no this is conspiracy theory and these people need to be called out like can you actually believe that they think we're trying to take away the constitution <laughs> right right and, and keep in mind this was written or i'm sorry it was handed out april of 2021 and this is like this is volume one which indicated they had intended making more volumes of this <laughs> and i think alec pointed out something very important earlier uh, in regards to the Department of Energy and OST and how they handle all the the, near, the nuclear fissile uh, material and how it's all how it's all protected and taken care of and why they would be interested in conspiracy theories because again a lot of these events are I guess the the DOE, the DOE actually runs purview over a lot of it so it's interesting but Mike you joined you us. Know, oh go ahead Billy sorry it would be really interesting if it had something with COVID in there. Did you see anything like that? I didn't yet. I haven't yet. But I didn't read the whole thing. I kind of skimmed it. I believe there's a section on disease slash pandemic in general, but it doesn't particularly single out COVID. It was still a little early for COVID conspiracies at this point, I feel like. Um, or, or generally just like the COVID vaccine pushback. There was barely a vaccine at this point. Um when it was being developed at least because of course these things are in development for months and then a final product is pushed through so i assume they wanted it to be more timely and also speak a little bit more to the um like uh doe like nuclear transportation convoys aren't necessarily going to be under any kind of perceived threat because of a covid vaccine conspiracy theory in my opinion yep Oh, this is so great. If you open up the full document, so the full document's there. And I'm going to probably cover some of this stuff. Um, they, they talk about the Illuminati card game. They've got the red shoes, the red shoes deal. That's in here. Hey, hey, Mike, thanks for joining us, man. This is fun. Yeah, <laughs> hey, thanks, man. I've been listening in. This document's absolutely wild. But uh, I don't know if you want to walk through it or a few framing thoughts at the outset or how you want to go. Yeah, man. So I've just uh, started kind of going through, I mean, because basically the thread is just kind of like a, a quick hit overview. So it's going to kind of re review the thread and then pull up the full document and see what uh, where we go from there, because there's some wild stuff in here. And uh, they've got the red shoes, the Pope red shoes. They've got uh, all the children. I got the pedo stuff. You got the satanic cults and Bohemian Grove. 
We've got Spiritual Warfare, Mark of the Beast, Adrenochrome. It's all in here. It, it is. Uh, let me so, let me tell you how we got this, though, so people just, just yeah, know how to squeaked out. Um, we foia'd the Fusion Center in Washington State, which is basically a listserv of the feds, state police, local, tribal police. And this document was shared amongst all of them. So this has been blasted out to law enforcement across the country. That's so fun, Mike. <laughs> oh, so you guys got a hold of it. And I, I remember what you were talking to me about. I was like, this is nuts, man. <laughs> it, it is. And you got to wonder why, like, this little agency, the Department of Energy, is the one putting this together. I mean, you, you would think, like, the CIA or FBI would be better suited for this. But, I mean, they try to use the uh, hook of saying, well, this could be a threat to us as a reason to do this, like, research project or homework assignment. It looks to me like they had a lot of fun doing it. I will say, like, you know, it's pretty – it's interesting and fun to read just because it's so absurd. But, like, the, the worst implication is that they're kind of laundering a lot of legitimate concerns with crazy ones in order to, like, meld them all together. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, they, they, if you don't trust the mainstream media or the scientists or international organizations, you're in the same category as believing in, like, reptilians on Earth. It's, it's kind of crazy how they just try to lump everyone together with that. Right. That's something I brought up when we first started the space. It's like, man, like, yeah. So we're basically me, my having a healthy distrust of legacy media and our government uh, puts me in the same category as uh, I believe in reptilians and 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 lizard people um but there's also some other stuff like if you go through this this stuff is pretty bad um yeah like actually what are your thoughts on this like you because you obviously reported on this and so I, this is interesting I, I just think generally it's problematic that across law enforcement i mean and even at the highest levels of government you have the overarching narrative from biden and co being that like mega extremists and right-wing conspiracy theorists are the most lethal threat to the country which is patently false, especially here in you know Washington, D.C., where Trump staffers are being murdered in broad daylight. I mean, they're trying to prop up this threat. And, and so they're like lumping everything they possibly can into the bucket. And that's what this, this report is. I don't think it's, you know, the nuclear, whatever, national nuclear, whatever the heck this agency is, I've never heard of before, uh, proper role to be doing this kind of stuff. And, you know, the fact that January 6th was just tossed in, like, at the time that it occurred right. is insane to me. They're already trying to frame it as a conspiracy theory and already working with, you know, the, the guns were present narrative that there was armed protesters. And so the very people who are supposed to be diagnosing the conspiracy theories themselves fell for a conspiracy theory, which tells you all you need to know. Exactly. Now I pointed that out too. So I was like, no, that, that they, I know they had the zip ties, but there was, there's no one armed. And this whole thing of a armed insurrection and, there, and this is, keep in mind, this is what April, 2021. So this is what four months basically after, after January 6th. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, it is, that is kind of concerning because that means that they, they were putting this thing together and obviously they, they've got all the, all the, the normal ones in here. But then to throw that one in there was concerning. That's why I brought it up earlier in the space. I mean, if you look at this one as an example, um, known compromised organizations such as Council of Foreign Relations, <laughs> Trilateral Commission, OPEC, and um, the International Monetary Fund and World Bank are defended. This, this is crazy to me. Like, everyone knows the IMF, World Bank, Council of Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, OPEC, 
Like this is all corrupt as hell. Right. Those are just spook and, watering holes. Everybody with two brain cells knows that. Right. But they're 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 presenting it here and saying it's gonna be playing a role in the new world order and depending upon who's telling the story. And events such as presidential assassinations, treaties, wars, and even the moon landing may also play a role in the NWO, depending upon who's telling the story. Like this Trash. Yeah. I would I would say that this lays out exactly what they feel that they need to defend themselves against. Um, and, and these are the actual, although they're labeling all of this conspiracy theory, I, w- I would say that this actually lays out their globalist plan to a large extent. Um, and as a Christian, I take really like I have a huge problem with this, that they're labeling like end times narrative and, and stuff like that as conspiracy theory. Um, not only does that go against like my freedom of speech, it goes against my freedom of religion and to practice the religion that I'd like, because I don't think it's conspiracy theory whatsoever. I think we're watching it play out day by day. Right. Like if you, if you think about it, like if they had certain parts of like the Torah or the Quran in there labeled as a conspiracy theory, that would be considered like the biggest scandal and that would be offensive, but you know, they can do that with, actual like what's being taught in the bible and you know so so yeah i I get you jen that's actually a good point too i didn't think about it like that yeah that's that is a good point and you look at this one here too like concerns about the continued push to disarm americans are also conspiracy theories it's saying citizen disarmament is also another conspiracy theory that theorists believe that it's just a matter of time before a full-fledged effort to repeal the second amendment is attempted there are several versions of this conspiracy in conspiracy literature. In one version, the UN acting through the UN Charter orders the United States to completely disarm and turn over its military to the UN. It is unclear if the citizenry will allow, also have to turn in their personal firearms. However, they at least one author maintains the UN Charter was written and passed to serve as the supreme law of the planet. In another version, the U.S. is overthrown during a national crisis. Citizens of of concern are incarcerated and the U.S. Constitution is replaced by a new constitution, which which forbids personal firearm ownership. And in other versions, a leftist government rescinds the Second Amendment. In online discussions, the U.N. and leftist ideology are often cited as a source of what's to believe to be an inevitable gun grab. Yeah, except for like that's not it's not even a conspiracy theory. It's your own words like. Like, what are we talking about here? (laughs) No, that's why I think, like, this is a cleanup job, right? These are all the vectors of attack that they see that they need to defend against by just broadly labeling them conspiracy theory um, without even having to debunk each one individually. They can paint a broad brush and say, oh, that's conspiracy theory. But these are the exact, like... Uh, vectors in which like we could use to attack them to be like, no, it's not conspiracy theory. Well, to that point, there's only what, like three spots in this entire document where a direction of interest towards the Department of Energy personnel is mentioned. And what I mean by direction of interest, like there was some kind of threat or, or perceived threat towards the Department of Energy or, you know, secure materials. Um, but beyond that, you know, on, on the disarmament point, yes, like the, the UN is like obviously the conspiracy theory that the UN is going to order a disarmament of United States citizens is bunk and full of shit. But, um, you know, Jill Biden did host a 
gun safety symposium at the White House. And that's what we know the left operate like. We know that they operate in symposiums and, you know, slowly shifting the Overton window. There's no grand, sudden grab, at least not very often, um, though the ATF certainly pushes the boundaries of that slow Overton window shifting. I'm on the UN's website, and they literally have something about disarming people on it, by the way. I'm going to share that in the chat. (laughs) (laughs) So I was about to say, like, we've heard from from the Democrats' own mouths that they want to ban guns. Right. Like, it's so silly. (laughs) Yeah, like when Beto O'Rourke says, hell yeah, we're coming for your AR-15. Exactly. Hell yeah, we're coming for your guns. Of course. Like, David Hogg, every other day out on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, was a little orange square talking about guns. Like, for for heaven's sakes, like, come on. And, like, some of the stuff that the ATF is doing right now is actually pretty dangerous. It's probably another spot we could have a space about it all together, but how they're going to be trying to get everyone to register their firearms via these FFLs and how they're going to keep a central database. That's actually happening. It's not a conspiracy theory. They're trying to make it happen. And so this is a serious thing. And it is, of course, a slow creep. I think Alec put it well. It is just edging that Overton windows a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, and just keep going. Do you guys remember when it was a conspiracy theory that people were being like, censored or shadow banned yeah on twitter <laughs> yeah. and then we dropped what the twitter file we're doing the missouri v biden stuff right uh heinz v stamos we know what all the ngos were up to we know what michael mcfall was up to at stanford and the hoover institute with renee duresta and alex stamos and the election integrity partnership <laughs> yeah we were conspiracy theorists saying that there, there's no such thing as shadow banning what are you talking about and then yes all the things. Go ahead, Mike. I, I think you unmuted. No, I, I, I'm listening along. Okay, cool. You keep going through. I'll pop in if that's cool. Hell yeah. Cool, man. So the document discounts the belief that the government and other actors seek to condition public perception through predictive programming. Predictive programming is, is defined as the NWO's use of multimedia to prepare the public for future events or introduce the public to societal changes. Predictive programming is an essential element to the NWO conspiracy narrative. However, as the sub-narrative is both intricate and comprehensive, an entire section will be dedicated to its description. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. White noise, East Palestine. White noise. Or how about the Transition Integrity Project? I mean, that was predictive programming at its finest. How about the war games for COVID that the Clintons were doing? How about, uh, you know, the January 6th predictions and, you know, preparations? I think that's enough examples of Event 201. Well, and what's crazy about, so you you brought the TIP. Mike, I don't know if you've seen the other document called The Count, but this is by Zach Mullitz and um, Becky Baum. And Millie got it into her um, Sunrise Zoom call investigation. And basically what it was, was they had to keep the public believing the perception right? It was all about maintaining the perception that, yes, we're operating in gray areas. Yes, we've never had this mass mail-in balloting before. And yes, orange man bad. And they talk about it, like not, 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 not to mention just the TIP when they wargamed it, but it was also, you have to maintain a public perception that this is free and fair and legitimate while they're doing what they're doing in this election to ensure that orange man Brad does not win. Mm-hmm. And so like, 
this, yeah. That's 100% correct. The, the Transition Integrity Project was about conditioning the public to see Trump as the illegitimate aggressor and Biden as the victim, as, you know, pipes were bursting in, in Atlanta and ballots were being dumped in the middle of the night. That's what it was about. It was predictive programming so that people were ready to accept the media narrative that Orange Man is bad and he's fighting democracy and Trump and then Biden's illegitimate win you know, is somehow legitimate because this is how democracy works. That's predictive programming. Exactly right. And uh, one of the things that in Millie's investigation, I'm going to come to you, Millie, next, because during the Sunrise Zoom calls, and like I said, that TIP document, uh, the count document, a lot of the videos from the Sunrise Zoom calls, uh, it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just also maintaining perception, but it was the using using of the word Trump's coup. Trump is usurping power. If he went, if he, if he had won the election, he, he's usurping power in the country. And this is a coup. This is we have to continue using the word coup. And this is what they talked about over and over and over again. Millie, I saw you on mute if you want to tap in, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so regarding I think that like it's important to make a little distinction um, regarding the, uh, the the scenario exercises that they were doing. The Transition Integrity Project was doing them as well as many other. Um, you know, people on this left wing affinity group circuit, they were passing around a lot of other supportive literature to the transition integrity projects, um, war game exercises and simulations that they were doing. And so that's really kind of utilizing predictive analytics, which is a very powerful tool to, you know, to be able to kind of like game out how people would respond, how the public would respond and then by inputting real players into that game and even better players that, you know, think like a Republican, right? Because there were some GOP officials that contributed to that. It really yeah, kind of gave them, it gave them like a better um, a, a better ability to predict. And then once they had the, the prediction of how it would likely go, they would then try to nudge it into a direction that they wanted it to go in. And they had different scenarios that they were pre-planning and preparing for so so you know we do have examples of them doing this but i think that like when they're correct me if i'm wrong but i think that when they're talking about the predictive programming conspiracy theories i think that actually is talking about like i don't know if you guys have seen it but you you'll see a lot of times the conspiracy theorists will put like the um the simpsons for example as an episode like they'll do simpsons episodes and they'll show like, look, here's a thing in the Simpsons episode where, you know, this then happened, right? Or you'll see it in movies where they have a contagion movie or something, and then that, and then it happens in real life, something very similar. Or there was a movie that that relate uh, related to a train derailment that came out relatively um, recent on Netflix before the East Palestine train derailment. So the conspiracy theory that you see going around on social media is that these were all predictive programming in media that then was reading people for, for those events to happen. So I'm not sure if it's the exact same thing as what we uncovered with the, the, the game matrixes and the scenario planning and the predictive analytics that was used. Um, you know, I, I think it might be something separate. Yeah, no, for sure. But it's just the it's like like you said, it, like and like Mike pointed out as well, it's the the fact of of understanding that you had to maintain a public perception 
right? And so this is what this was about. And so it was being done. And I don't know about the predictive programming as far as like the new movie that came out, Civil War, or Don't Look Up, or all these things. Uh, I tend not to go that route. I tend to look at them just like it's in the collective consciousness of people who are in, in the general public and having conversations. Of course, they're going to make content around that stuff. Like Civil War has been talked about for five years and can come out with a movie on it. Like Texas joins California for some reason. I haven't seen Yeah, it. but Trash, I got to disagree with you there because when that East Palestine movie came out, it was called White Noise. I right? remember. And there were even people who participated in the movie as extras who then later became actual like uh victims of the east palestine disaster so yeah could it could it be like oh randomly like you know they're putting these movies out like everybody's talking about civil war right now and you're telling me like all of a sudden they're gonna have this movie come out that's pretty much playing out the exact play lines that the democrats want to happen well you know Look, whether you want to kind of get in that stuff, the reality is, is it's easy to see those comparisons and, and wonder if that's what's going on. But at the same time, um, the East Palestine train derailment wasn't the first trail train derailment that happened. Like you can go throughout there have been throughout the history of these train derailments. There have been many of these really horrific train derailments that have happened and Actually, there have been ones that have been worse than in some ways than East Palestine because they resulted in actual deaths and people being killed. So, you know, I mean, it's not that out there to think somebody could come up with a movie along those lines. Uh, same with like a civil war. We've had a civil war in America. We've had a lot of people talking about civil war really even since like 2016, 2017 time period. So now here we are in 2024 and there's going to be a movie coming out about it. You know, I don't know. That's where I, I say that this stuff, that's why they, they label it as conspiracy theory. Now, what do you want, whether you want to believe into it or not or read into it or not, that's another thing. Um, but like what we were talking about with the scenario exercises and public perception and them actually using like game matrices and, you know, mapping out with with data and other things. That's a, that's a different story. That's actually um, people pre-planning for p potential scenarios coming up and then having their own contingency plans based on those games and exercises. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, Jennifer McWilliams, I haven't, I, I haven't talked to you in a while. Welcome to the stage. You were working on something like around media literacy. Is that right? Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. Hey, Mel Jen. Um, no, thanks. I just wanted to, you know, I'm listening to this. And so if you take the document that you're covering here, um, the, that sounds crazy and, and I get it. I, it is funny, it, except that it's not because if you take that document as truth, that is what is the curriculum. That is how and you designed a curriculum for media literacy in K through 12. That is what media literacy is. I, I love this document because it explains it very well. But uh, with Courage as a Habit, we we exposed one of the um, NGOs that, that is putting this into the schools. Well, it's called News Literacy Project. I put the tool down in the, the purple pill. Um, but it's News Literacy Project or NLP, which uh, they don't say this, but I want people to realize what else could stand for NLP, which would be neuro-linguistic programming. Okay. And so they are going into the schools 
with media literacy and what they're the way that they're selling it is they're saying, aren't you worried about all of the misinformation out there right now with social media? They're, they're, they're big mad at Elon right now, okay? And they're saying, aren't you worried about it? Don't you think we need to have a curriculum that teaches our students how to decipher, you know, credible sources from conspiracy theorists and non, you know, credible sources, which would be all of us, everyone in here, okay? You would be in that category, the conspiracy theory group. And what they're doing is they're teaching the kids that the mainstream media, legacy media, is where the credible sources are that you have to go to to find what is real and what is not so jen nailed it this is this is they are feeding this out everywhere which we can laugh at it a little bit as adults but they're doing this to children k through 12 every single state at this point we're following this very closely every state has implemented media literacy in some way there are i think five states that have already mandated it as an education requirement um, for graduation, Texas, shockingly, is one of them. But media literacy is literally, if you took this document that you're reading and made a curriculum out of it to teach children what credible sources are, that is that is exactly what they do. So they bring in things that just seem like crazy, like reptile, you know, theory and, and you know, um, well, I don't even think this is crazy, but you know, the, oh, the people that talk about aliens and stuff like that. And then what they do is they say, you know, to the children, that is the same thing as the people that are saying that January 6th was not an insurrection. And and actually I've been going, I've spent the last two months on this. We're, we're going to really hit it hard in the next coming weeks. But uh, Jen, you might find this interesting. I have a whole uh, PowerPoint presentation that they're using in the schools showing January 6th and how the, the people that are saying it wasn't an insurrection, right? It, the government was involved. That is conspiracy theory. And that that is why you must go to the mainstream media for credible sources and how to um, find the information that you need. They're also using this um, to, they're, look, they're coming after our first amendment over this because what they're doing is they're saying that all of us conspiracy theorists with these news, and then of course they equate it to you know something really out there to something that's not out there at all, like the vaccines. That's another big one. They don't want you to talk about that the vaccines, you know, have uh, can have harm done to you. So they are using those a, a really far out there story, and then one that we know is not actually conspiracy, and they are using it to discredit all independent journalists. And, and so I yeah. have so much on this. I won't keep going. Actually, if I can just track oh, one more thing. So I want the, that document and you did a space on it from Josh Halsey. I think that's how, how you say his name. Josh uh, Hall, where they yeah. came at. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he came out with that document and talked about why are we giving grant money to these organizations that are, you know, um, basically, you know, they're going against our country. Well, that document exposed the Rhode Island Media Education Lab, which is where the media literacy is coming out of. And that grant was a targeted violence and terrorism prevention grant. So, sorry, Trash, I'll stop, but I, I have a ton of it. But so no, I, I, want, yeah, I, I wanted yeah, to add. Is, yeah, I wanted to add on to it. So, you remember the Trusted News Initiative that came out? It was over in Europe. And like the BBC and many of these other quote unquote trusted news sources were going to be the ones that were only the credible sources and independent journalists shouldn't be listened to. Uh, they actually went after Russell Brand about this. 
Uh, do you remember? Do you, that's it. Kind of it, 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 it's in, it's in line uh, with what you're talking about. That's all. That's all I was going to mention. Yeah, no, no, you're good. I don't want to cut off your space either. But I just, I'm so fired up over this. I've spent so much time in this, and and we have to get people to understand this because that's exactly right. The the mainstream media is now, and I'm not just saying this like, oh, they're using mainstream media methods. No, literally, if you go to our tool, where our first tool, our first exposure of this, you will see that it is literally the mainstream media that is going into the schools, the anchors that. Uh, Ali Velshi um, from MSNBC, he's he's a big one in that. They go into the schools and they are providing resources and you have them talking about how dangerous social media is. And one of the lessons that go along with this media literacy um, out, and out of the Rhode Island Media Education Lab, which the lady that is um, a big player in this, her name is Renee Hobbs. She, so one of the things that, one of the lessons they do after all of this is they talk about the constitution and how it's outdated. And that since when they wrote the constitution, we didn't have social media and you didn't have the ability to have independent journalists out there spewing all of this conspiracy and how dangerous it is because it's creating hate, which is causing violence. And so one, when I went through one of their webinars, she talks consistently about how we have to get children to understand that the Constitution has to be updated to address the danger of social media. So I'll stop there. I can answer stuff, but I love you're doing this. So I just wanted to add that. Thanks, Trash. Of course. Thanks for joining, as always, bringing the fire. So, Jack, real quick, I'm going to get back to this. Uh, we're, we're, we're on the predictive programming element of this. Um, and, I, and I think that this was a very valuable conversation that we just had. And you guys know me, my bag is government corruption, overreach, censorship. Like that's that's my lane. That's what I talk about the most. So this conversation is actually really, really important to me. Uh, Jack, go ahead and then we'll get back to the thread. Yeah, I actually just kind of wanted to follow up with what Jen was saying about the whole predictive program and all these movies coming out. In addition to this Civil War movie, that um, that fat turd Rob Reiner is coming out with this movie about uh, Christian nationalism. And here's another thing about Rob Reiner. He is actually friends with James Clapper. Yeah. Well, I have questions about these large celebrity accounts on X and who's actually behind the accounts. So well, that's another that's another conversation altogether, I think, Jack. But, yeah, I'm with you. Um, and so if you, take, if you take a look at this, it was number four, the New World Order Basic Elements Predictive Programming. We kind of we I, I think we've done this real uh, this section real justice here with the conversation that we've had and if you keep moving forward you can just really see how they are like uh, what jen pointed out and jen and the other jen pointed out and millie myself mike how they're lumping in like true information that they don't like the public to have with just absolutely crazy like this one of the one of the slides in here shows a lizard person with queen elizabeth <laughs> so you know it, but but here's the thing like if you look at this like I said not trusting the science right not trusting the science and disbelieving in global warming or vaccine safety is also a conspiracy theory and they say it right here rejection of science many conspiracists who view the world the satanic interpretation of the nwo may reject scientific information such as global warming, health information vaccines, astronautical explanations of the universe, and anything pertaining to evolution. In recent years, social media has seen a resurgence in flat earthers. Th th those are my favorite. 
like all round planets except for Earth. <laughs> a conspiracy theorist who believes the world is flat, spins like a disc, and is contained within a dome like a snow. But, but here's what really, it's really, but again, this is reading between the lines. Like think about the words that they're using here, right? Rejection of science. Reject scientific information such as global warming. Well, I, I don't believe the science is settled at all on that, number one. Uh, number two, health information regarding vaccines. I, I, we we know now. I mean, e even YouTube had to uh, walk back their policy on talking about vaccines because there were injuries and there there were injuries and there were people and there was desistance. And so, you know, it's this is this 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 is how kind of I think this is far more sinister than I think originally when I looked at it. Um, to yeah, Mike, I see you want to jump in. Yeah, I mean, that, that's absolutely right. I mean, look at what the scientific community is doing now with transgenderism and, and children. That is like the chief talking point of the far left is that unless you give transgender taxpayer funded surgeries to little kids, then the science says they're at higher risk for suicide. I mean, the, the science community has been so politically weaponized as of late. And so by like lumping in flat earth with not trusting the science, you're also lumping in all like the far left things that the science community is doing. I mean, uh, that's kind of the, the pattern of this document, right? You know what? It seems like the scientific community, it's just, it's pushing narratives. It's not actually really doing science the way it's supposed to be, be, be doing it really. And speaking of scientific methods and the scientific community, when we're thinking about these, quote-unquote conspiracy theories I think it's good to be approaching anything especially you know if you think something is you know it's wrongly being labeled as a, a conspiracy theory what is a theory right right scientific theories are formed all the time right medical like psychologists form theories around medical conditions right so a theory is something that is um, really kind of a, you hypothesize, right? What you think is going on, you put together your case, you lay it out there really with this theory, and then the theories are meant to be tested, right? And the idea is, is if you can, you know, pretty much prove that, poke a hole and prove a, that the theory doesn't make sense or that something's incorrect in, in the scientific method, then that theory's disproven. Right. So I think that instead of just censoring theories, people should be disproving them and in the act of testing them. Right. Like you should be testing it. And that's a more healthy. Sorry, that's a more healthy public debate discussion. So this idea that somehow theories are harmful to the community. Well, maybe we aren't as a community approaching it correctly and testing them and kind of putting on science hats to to get to the bottom of the truth of what's going on. I think that's absolutely right. And I'll go one step further. I think the scientific community or whatever the heck we're calling them, they're pretty bad. I think they suck. I mean, I, I, what have they discovered or invented over the last couple of decades? You know, like we've kind of stalled out. I guess we got apps on our cell phone and Facebook has a new virtual reality headset. But what are they actually doing these days? Well, right, and and that's and that's what's and what's what's actually happening is we're seeing in real time that the governor are no longer the professionals 
It is the private sector, like we've always talked about, at least me as a conservative, I always talked about how the private sector really drives things. And that's where the financial uh, motivation is. That's where the uh, development and research and development exists and government staying, you know, getting involved. In it, I just I think it's a bad idea. And you can the easiest way you can look at this is look at SpaceX. Right. NASA has been quiet and done for a long time. And SpaceX, he's landing his own rockets back on Earth after they've launched up like that's where the real um, science is being done. It's not being done in these bureaucracies where people where basically all of these government bureaucracies and offices and everything else that are supposed to be over, giving oversight into various sectors are really just basically existing and then trying to justify their existence. So when the next round of funding comes around, uh, they don't lose money on their funding, they gain. So it becomes this whole just wet blanket and brain drain on 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 what I believe is real research and, and real pioneering that we used to do in this country. And we have now, we I, I call this all the time, I was calling it back early, early 2020, kind of calling it the crisis of credentialism, where this expert class that 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 is supposed to be uh, so smart and educated is actually completely corrupted and they're and they're focusing on DEI things, not on anything that actually has base in any merit or truth. And thus, once the merit, once the once the merit uh, component is removed, then there's no motivation to actually push things forward. There's, if, if it's if it's about equity and not and not about um, a quality of opportunity, then then we're screwed. And that's where we have to get back to looking to the private sector again, and 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 leading the way and and being who we are as Americans because we are really stalled out right now. And then they want to have these. When they, they want to put together these reports, right, where it's like, yeah, you know, global warming, that's not settled. Uh, yeah, vaccines, we have questions. And then, and then one of the next things they talk about is they're laundering these statements by placing legitimate concerns next to more outlandish theories like reptilians, right? So you're, you're, you're now basically muddying up and mucking up the water completely about a serious, genuine conversation that we should be having regarding science. Because now we're going to talk about reptilians. New, numerous UFO conspiracies allege reptilian-looking extraterrestrials are here on Earth. The conspiracies vary in the role of these extraterrestrials. One conspiracy theory states reptilians arrive from Alpha Draconis, imparted knowledge in math, science, astronomy, agriculture, and horticulture. This version claims that reptilians maintain control of the NWO and, and do so by shape-shifting to look like humans. Uh, another version claims the reptilians are visiting Earth but do not represent a significant presence on Earth as compared to other races. Conspiracy theorists may also claim reptilians are evil, may hate humanity, have control of underground military bases, and engage in human child sacrifice for adrenochrome. <laughs> that's quite a paragraph for the Department of Energy to be releasing in a report, but here we are. Um, and, then, and then, of course, QAnon. Like, listen, we could probably have an entire space about this. I've talked about QAnon for years. Uh, but you look at this, right? The QAnon signs and symbols. I'm awake. We are the, we are Q. Trust the plan. Q sent me. Follow the rabbit. Where we go one, we go all. Red pill, blue pill. WWG one, WDA, white rabbit. Uh, and then somehow, for some reason, they threw in the Gadsden flag, but made it into a Q symbol. So that's interesting. And of course, the Punisher, that's a that's a tried and true. And then the Great Awakening. And so now we're getting into QAnon conspiracy. But it's really all they're doing with it is just it's just designed to 
lump in general concerns that independent journalists have done the the absolute Lord's work on. Like the, the fact that Millie Weaver does not have a Pulitzer on the Sunrise Zoom call investigation is it's it's frankly disgusting. But yet we're gonna have like the Mehdi Hassans of the world or the Joy Reeds of the world where every everything is racist, Iraq is racist, and there's no such thing as anti-white racism because it's not just racism based on race, it's also based on power and this false power dynamic of 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 how white privilege exists and all these things, and therefore it's okay to be racist towards white people. And again, these are some of the biggest dis disgusting conspiracies out there, but we are conspiracy theorists for pointing it out or noticing, I suppose. Noticing is really the word, I think. You know, it's a funny story. So in the like 2016, 2017, and really a couple of years even prior to that time period, I remember that like reptilian conspiracy theory stuff was like really prevalent on YouTube and on social media. And so um, I became friends with when I went to work with InfoWars, I, I became friends with Leanne McAdoo. I don't know if you guys remember Leanne McAdoo. She was awesome. But um, it was really funny because like there was like all these conspiracy videos on the internet saying that she was a reptilian shapeshifter. <laughs> and so we'd like joke around the office and like we'd call her reptilian. <laughs> I don't know. It was pretty funny. And then um, there was a conspiracy theory later that, like, oh, my gosh, it's kind of ridiculous um, that they said that me and Paul Joseph Watson were the same person. <laughs> so, like, they would put our faces, to, like, and they would, like, merge the one into the other and be like, they're the same person. It's like, oh, come on. That's so messed up, guys. Come on now. Like, so, yeah, there are some some pretty wild ones out there. And then you might just, especially if you're in the public, like a, as a public figure or someone, you might just find that you have some crazy people out there that make some really wild conspiracy theories about you. And, you know, that was I remember Leanne dealing with that one. So, well, I, I mean, like, I, I, I don't think that I'm doing my job here on X if I'm not called a Fed at least once a week. It seems to be averaging about twice a week now. There's a groundswell typically down in the comments of any space I'm having that uh, I'm paid by the government, I'm fed, or I'm paid like I'm, I'm a foreign agent or something. It's just, it's, but I would definitely like to have a better one. Like I, me and somebody else are actually the same people. Well, for, okay, actually I take that back. For a while there early on, uh, supposedly I was Kyle Serafin's burner account. <laughs> So like everyone would say, like, have you ever heard Aaron and Kyle talk in the same space at the same time? I didn't think so. That's because Trash Discourse is Kyle Serafin's burner account. Like this was actually this actually went on for like two or three months until he and I hosted a space together talking over each other. And then it kind of died. But <laughs> so, yeah, uh, people have have, uh, have actually been equated to Kyle Serafin and I are one and the same. And we sh and I'm his burner account. Are you a reptile as well? I haven't been a reptile yet, but I'm looking forward to it, Mike. I hope I can add that to the resume that I'm also a did, reptile. Did you see the recent one of uh, Lindsey Graham with do like there was a there was a interview Lindsey Graham did and it, he stuck his tongue out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then, that had the conspiracy theorists going wild with that one. That was <laughs> hey, you know what I was just thinking about that I'm surprised isn't in this document is concerns about immigration. I mean, that seems to be the left's highest uh, 
topic they want to place in the conspiracy theory realm, you know, whether it's things like great well, I mean, replacement or what have you. And they've been talking about great replacement for years. They're only now trying to twist it, saying it's it's a conservative talking point. And there's no such thing as the great replacement theory and Tucker's racist for bringing it up. But like they've been talking about that since like 2012, like demogra- demographics or destiny. They, they've been talking like there's an article in The New York Times in 2012. Dan Bongino talks about it all the time. I mean, you, I, you can go find a Grabian supercut where they're just talking about it constantly, the great replacement theory, we can replace them. And somehow now they're twisting it as if it's some kind of uh, conservative talking point and it's racist. Yeah. I just posted <laughs> in the chat a, another report from our favorite organization, the United Nations on replacement migration. Is it a solution to yeah, the right, exactly. aging populations? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Mike. <laughs> it's so crazy. Oh man, uh, yeah, whiskey. Go ahead, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna jump over to the document, you guys. So the, the thread was was fun. I'm gonna talk about the Great Reset for a second, and then I'm gonna jump over to the actual document, which is also included in the thread, because there's a lot of stuff in this document. It is 40 pages of just unbelievable stuff. And and what's interesting about the corporatocracy? I really want to talk about that. So uh, whiskey, go ahead, the maids, and then I'll get back to it. Yeah, so did the document contain the uh, Georgia Guidestones conspiracy theory and, you know, how there's a a hole in there that points to the North Star Polaris and never moves and that, uh, you know, proves that the Earth is flat and non-rotating? I'm pretty sure if the, uh, you know, if it covered the reptilians, it covered that as well, right? I don't think it's in here. And what's really interesting... um, when they talk about Q, they're talking about Operation Trust, Jen, which we've talked about quite a bit. Uh, but I'll talk about that another time. But I don't see anything about the Georgia Guidestones in here, which but, is actually go ahead. They are mentioned. They're mentioned in section. I think it's section two, chapter two. Um, but very briefly, it's mentioned in like the New World Order. Um, for those unfamiliar with the Georgia Guidestones, they were well, they were vandalized. They don't really exist anymore. They were uh, a set of stones that were erected by an eccentric billionaire who basically left a set of rules for the end of the world. And they were all a bunch of gibberish bullshit. Oh, I see it. It's under agenda. It's under agenda 21. Got it. Yeah. Maze, go ahead. Is that like the whole, okay. Conspiracy. Hello. Maze is here. I'm here y'all just in case (laughs) I was like, hold up. They didn't have that space without me. Okay. Um, so I did notice that zombies are potentially missing. I don't know. I guess we'll jump into it and see, but, um, there, yeah, the depopulation piece of it, um, is that under all probably under agenda 21, but see, I, I, you know, I'm really excited about this because, um, this is something that I'm going to be able to use to kind of separate what's real and what's not, because I've, that's what I've been doing. I've been trying to like pull back what is real, you know what I'm saying? And then keeping integrity around the things that we do need to focus on um, and just letting go of the things that we don't. So I, I'm really excited about this. Well, yeah. And Mace, that's what they're doing. So <clears throat> like as an example, they're, they're saying that we're all conspiracy theorists for pointing out that, hey, they're trying to do some really shady shit through the WHO and UN uh, to kind of subvert uh, our, our, our constitution. When I know that you, you know, and I know as well, you can point to something very specifically uh, regarding at the WHO that would attack the very fabric of our constitution in this country. And they're trying to do this uh, in many countries. And if they can get the U.S. to go with it, well, everyone else is screwed as well. So now, no. And what they're doing is they're actually conflating like 
unsettled science with we're science deniers with reptilian people. So they're like they're lumping it all together. So when you actually have real things that are going on with real actual issues that you should be concerned about, they're saying, oh, that's a silly reptilian flat earther people. That's what they're doing. They're using this to conflate true things with obviously ridiculous things. And and so like under like as an example, under Agenda 21, this is on page. So if you guys want to know the Georgia Guidestones, they first appear on page eight and then in page nine. So there's like this little slide about the Georgia Guidestones, you know, keeping humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Um, guide reproduction wisely, so on and so forth. That was, I, you guys don't know what they are. It's, it's right there. I was in Albert County, Georgia in 1980s when they were erected. <clears throat> but then they talk about um, Agenda 21. They say conspiracists believe that the global elites intend to reduce the human population by at least 90%. Conspiracists point to Agenda 21 of the United Nations, which speaks to global sustainability, to include human population growth as proof of their intent to reduce the population. They also point to the Georgia Guidestones, which is a call for a human population in perpetual balance with nature, no more than 500 million. Once human population is reduced to manageable levels, the rest will be enslaved. So you see what they're doing. It's, and then they go into RFID chips. Oh my God. Um, Like, okay, so can I just talk about this for one second and I'm going to move on? The, the mark of the beast RFID thing is ridiculous. We all carry around a cell phone. We don't need to be implanted with a chip when we carry around a damn cell phone that, that tracks all of our metadata, all of our location data, where we go, what we use, what we talk about. I mean, it's it's so absurd. We've been carrying around a microchip in our hand in our pocket since smartphones were a thing. So <laughs> it's so silly. But Well, but again, so there is something to that trash. Like, I don't think that, <clears throat> I think that, yes, the, the way that they're that's probably d- um, presented in here is like, oh, you need this chip to pay for things, kind of like how it was depicted in the Bible. But no, I think that, you know, in the, in the future, the way that this has kind of been documented and published via all of these, you know, global organizations and kind of the path forward would be much more of an autonomous type of society where, you know, your body activity data I mean, so they're putting it under the guise of not only health, but just, you know, in in everything, um, having a digital twin that's in the cloud would be able to kind of assist with being able to run an autonomous city, mega cities, everything would be smart. I mean, your smart, you know, oh, yeah. devices. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that would require sensors, you know, wearables or in the body. But yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And they're already rolling out. Like, um, I think over, I it was over in Scandinavia, I saw where a girl actually had like a chip embedded already in her wrist and she was paying with her wrist or her little chip in her body. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's here. It's just, it's how people like addressed it. Right. They're like, you don't get the vaccine because they're going to put RFID chips in your body. Like it's not, it's, it does, it doesn't even need to go that far (laughs) is what I'm saying. I think, you know, but yes, no, these, these 15 minute cities, smart cities, the C40 cities. Absolutely. People should look into that. Uh, That's what they want to do. And this big, massive wall city that they want to build in the Middle East, like that's really designed. They're going to be building it and everything is going to be no more than 15 minutes of what you need. Hell, in um, in England, they're already restricting movement from one zone to another. I mean, this is this is the Chinese model all over and that's what they would like to have around around the world. It's not a conspiracy theory. They talk about it. We've had politicians, our own politicians that have gone over to China, say, I like the way they do things over here. It's much easier to run a society than we do it over here. So, yes, I mean, that's it's not a conspiracy. Well, it's a conspiracy, but it's not a theory anymore. I mean, it's there. It's just that some of the stuff is kind of ridiculous. But like 
like citizen disarmament. Like Mike even went to the UN page and said, talked about citizen disarmament. Another one that's interesting, uh, and, and I my co-hosts are still with me here, but um, on page 11, the New World Order basic elements false flags. And they're saying that a false flag is an attack or other hostile action that obscures the identity of the participants carrying out the action while implicating another group or nation as the perpetrator. And they're talking about the crisis actors uh, deal. But like, and they're bringing up Sandy Hook, of course. But we've seen this though, right? I mean, we've, I'm, I'm not crazy, right, Mike? Yeah, I don't know why they didn't bring up uh, the, what is the, the pipeline I'm blanking on right now in Ukraine? The Nord Stream pipeline, pipeline, or whatever it was, yeah. where the you know it came out that it wasn't the Russians who blew it up, but our own government was pointing at them. Uh, they do cite to Operation Northwoods, which is you know the famous false flag that. that went all the way to JFK's desk, where they were planning to uh, blow up a you know cruise ship outside Cuba as you know to to provide grounds for an invasion into Cuba. So the government has a track record of at least suggesting false flag operations. And we certainly see the government characterizing external events in ways that they think is beneficial to their foreign policy aims. I mean, look at the weapons of mass destruction. That's basically a false flag accusation. Yep. I mean, they've they got a long history here. The January 6th was a false flag. Yeah, the Tet Offensive. I mean, listen, this is not <laughs> like uh, when they blew up that uh, the ship in Vietnam in the harbor. Uh, and said that it was the the Viet Cong that did it when we actually did it to kick off the part of the Vietnam War. They actually mentioned Jen in here on page uh, twelve. They actually do bring up January sixth, and they said that the false flag narrative is also associated with the events of January sixth. Supporters of President former President Donald Trump allege the rioters at the U.S. Capitol building are leftist Antifa movement posing as Trump supporters. Well, John Sullivan was just in court for this. John Sullivan, Jaden X is 100% an Antifa member. He was just in court for this and actually got a, a, a sentence. I know this because remember, Jen, when Alicia Powell from Gateway Pundit came into the space and was telling us that she was at the court at the court date for John Sullivan? <laughs> like, like, what are we talking about here? Like, we, we have this track record. And, like, and then you look at it also, we, we saw, I just think it's weird. We've talked about this, Millie. A million times with the Sunrise Zim calls, when you look at the Transition Integrity Project, and you look at the document called The Count, and how they were going to, like on page 35, in, uh, I, I, I read it a million times, I'll read it again, so people really understand this, let me go grab it, and I'll read it again. But basically, at the time that everything kicked off in January 6th, when they started breaking windows, when Ray Epps was talking to those guys, and they broke the, the, the bike rack, um barriers and they started running towards the Capitol building that was on camera was around the same time that Paul Gosar from Arizona was going to start talking about election irregularities in Arizona and everything popped off. Then all the doors opened. The security guards let everybody in on January 6th. They started, they started uh, busting the windows and, and repeatedly throughout the day, Capitol police were like shooting projectiles into the crowd to try to get people riled up. We've seen this on the footage. It's not a conspiracy theory. We, we watched it. We know it happened. Yeah. And this so. document that called the count. Yeah, go ahead. Mike. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. I'll let you finish your thought. No, no, no. I'm going to get, I'm actually, this is perfect timing. I'm going to go grab the document, read page yep. five just real quick. Cause 
people need to understand. All right. Let's talk about false flags a little bit more. And I'm going to throw out a thesis here. Every single major war since World War One that the United States has entered into had some element of uh, government said, look at World War I, the Lusitania. It wasn't carrying arms, they said. It was just only passengers on it. Well, it's pretty well established that it was carrying arms to, to the Brits, okay? So that was a big lie to galvanize public sports get into World War I. Let's look at World War II. I mean, it's it's credibly alleged that the the you know feds were sitting on a lot of intel pointing at Pearl Harbor. You know, there was a lot of foreign propaganda from the Brits to get us involved in World War II. You know, former President Herbert Hoover in his post-presidential years devoted reams of paper to, to this. I mean, Phyllis Shafley was one of the leader leading voices, you know, calling out kind of the misleading by our own federal government. Did we lose him? I think we lost. Yes, we lost. Probably phone call. I hate when that happens. I know because he was making such a bomb ass point. Like it's it's not uncommon. And like, he's being censored. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> he's being censored. That's it. Scam likely. I'm always getting on. all these damn scam likely callers. Scam likely. Yeah. Wait, Mike, are you back? I he saw might. you on mute. Oh, maybe not. They muted his mic. Oh, that's it. It's the lizard people. They don't want it's us talking lizard. about it. So real quick, what I was talking about on page 35 on the count, I'm going to read this to you guys because I think it's very important. Well, let's just, let's just preface really quick, though. This okay. is not a conspiracy theory. This right. is a fact. What we're talking about is fact. So even though if you're just coming to the space and you're seeing this title, it's talking about conspiracy theories, that's a separate thing. What What we're talking about now is a fact that many in the establishment and the media would like to label a conspiracy theory, but is in fact proven, and this is real evidence, and it is factual. That's actually a really good point, Millie. Thank you for that, because sometimes I forget. People are just joining, and they're like, wait, Department of Energy worried about conspiracy theories? And we're going over this report. Hey, Mike, you're back. Do you want to finish up? Because uh, you were actually mic dropping. Mike dropping <laughs> um, on on false flags and getting us into wars. Yeah, so I think I got kicked off by in the World War II part of the story. So you know, a bunch of foreign yep. propaganda from the Brits and others to get us involved in World War II because public opinion wanted us nowhere near that war. And so a lot of people were pointing out what the Feds knew prior to the targeting of an attack on Pearl Harbor. And so there's a lot of you know Herbert Hoover wrote about this a lot. Phil Shafley did. It wasn't until the neocons kind of took over the conservative movement until this this theory got put aside. But it was widely held that the feds knew more uh, than they let on before Pearl Harbor. And then if you look at Vietnam, look at the Pentagon Papers, you know, the the feds were sitting on a ton of info. Keep going up to 9-11. I mean, the weapons of mass destruction. So I think it's safe to say it is a major trend in American history that the government lies to us massively. Uh, before we get into any kind of foreign conflicts. The same thing's happening with Ukraine right now. The internet has never seen more propaganda echoed by our media and our security establishment. That was just fake news coming out of Ukraine. Everything from the ghosts of Kiev on down. I mean, that's <laughs> lie to us every Snake single Island. day. Yep, Snake Island, the ghosts of Kiev, all those stupid stories. Um, what about, and you brought up the WMDs. I think that's really important to note, the weapon of mass destruction. Uh, how there were none, yet that was a pretext for us to go go back for round two in Iraq. 
when Iraq wasn't responsible for 9-11. I mean, you, you can talk about all of those things that we, we knew at that time and, and how we got here, guys. And Jen, I saw your can come up. I'm going to come to you. But how we got here was we were talking about the section on page 11 and 12 of this document that circulated in April of 2021 around the Department of Energy about conspiracy theories and how we kind of kicked off on this. They talked about Operation Northwoods, which we knew was a pretext for the invasion of Cuba. Uh, to go after uh, Fidel Castro. And that was a CIA plan in 1961 called Arthur Operation Northwood. So we're, these false flag uh, conversations, can we, can we can make all of these comparisons because we know historically of what they actually meant. And then the reason we got here was because in this document, they're talking about the false flag narrative that is also associated with the January 6, 2021 event. Supporters of former Donald Trump alleged that rioters at the U.S. Capitol building are from the leftist Antifa movement posing as Trump supporters. Well, I hate to break it to them, but we know now John Sullivan, a.k.a. Jaden X, who who famously filmed and and sold his footage to CNN for like another media groups for like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars collectively, just went through a court case in D.C., for being inside the Capitol at that time. And he was an absolute Antifa member dressed up as a Trump supporter. So again, there's not a conspiracy theory. It's not a false, I mean, like it is what it is. And I'm about to get to something that even even more reaffirms this. But before I do, Jen, you had your hand come up and then I'll come back to page 35. I'll make it quick. I just wanted to add, so in 2012, I believe that's the year, uh, the Obama administration, He Obama, um, uh, I don't know, reformed the, what's called the smith Munt. Uh, modernization act okay and prior Correct. to that in our country we cannot right the, the government couldn't i'm not saying they never did but they couldn't give propaganda that they used overseas to our mainstream media legacy media when he changed that act uh it allowed the mainstream media to bring in all of the government propaganda that they would use um you know in other countries so that's what our mainstream media is today it's just it's like you said it's a branch of the of the government just wanted to add that yeah, no, I, I think the, the basically the, the reformation of the smith Love Act is actually really important to note, because if you, if you remember also, now that we know, in hindsight, in 2017, um, before Donald Trump took office, uh, Obama had a meeting with a character, a British intelligence officer called S.J. Terp, and they basically conspired to create this entire censorship apparatus, the disarm framework. But one of the most key parts of the disarm framework was psychological operations that they had run on foreign governments. Uh, one of the examples that they gave was how they convinced that this, there was a bombing in Turkey and how they convinced everybody that that bombing was not done by ISIS, but it was actually done by, by, uh, by the Kurds when it was actually done by ISIS. But they wanted to kick and, and, and ramp up things in Turkey. And that's the same system that they used in the, with that Obama meeting. And they brought it to the United States. It's called the CTI League Files. Uh, Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi uh, did a great reporting on this, Alex Gigante. But but as we looked further into it, uh, this disarmed foundation fund that was basically started by S.J. Turp, who's a British intelligence uh, person, uh, had a meeting in the Obama White House when Trump won in, 20, in 2016. And they started doing psychological operations on the American people. Um, we have the documents for it. I, you don't have to take my word for it. I, we've reported on it for like the last year. Um, so... Jen, you unmuted or you're going to get kicked down? She's probably going to get kicked down. Yeah, Mace, go ahead. So oh, apparently I was unmuted. I didn't know I was unmuted. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. 
Do you want to? Do you do you want to go, Jen? Oh, I didn't have anything. I was just listening. Oh, okay. So you mentioned Michael Schellenberger, and you mentioned CTI League, which is interesting because. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys are following Whitney Webb and some of the stuff that she's um, said about the CTI League. And it is, you know, I'll just say I don't really know Schellenberger and his work that much. But I did appreciate what he did um, with the Twitter files. But there's like this they they have access to all of the United States critical infrastructure, you know, um, just kind of based on them doing um, cybersecurity, and they were doing it pro bono in 2020, and that's how they got into the medical, like the hospital and, and all of the, the medical and health infrastructure. And then since then, they've expanded to doing, you know, election and voting, um, nuclear reactors, water, you know, did you did you guys know about this? I, I just thought I'd bring it up real quick. I do, cause... yeah. Oh, yeah. you do? But I mean, yeah. the space probably doesn't, Nate. Go ahead. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's just this, what's I think crazy about it is that it's, it's foreign intelligence agency, a former um, foreign intelligence agency that opened it. It's not considered a, an American, you know, company or organization. I know, so I'm not like too much in the weeds and I don't want to um, say anything incorrectly, but uh, there's, it's definitely something I think most Americans want to know, especially going into election year. Um, but it's also, um, what's most troubling that I got from what I've researched so far is that anyone that would get hired with CTI League, they don't necessarily have to go through our organizations um, to be vetted. And that's kind of like giving a lot. That's just a huge security risk, national security risk. Yeah, but it's not only that. Like, So we're, we're actually into their system, into the actual disarm framework system itself, where you can actually see some of the contractors. They have achievement badges based upon the censorship or psychological operations that they run, they earn achievement badges. These are all contractors and they're all, they're not employees. It's all open source, but they, but they, but they were used like, this is a lot of like intelligence um, people that are, they're involved with the intelligence contractors. And we, we saw as we looked into it a little bit more uh, how they actually could, they were physically running these different little uh, psychological operations. So it would be, one would be to infiltrate uh, private groups and cause division and, and chaos and to break them apart. Another one was to intimidate, coerce, or bully. And it would use these entire bot networks. And basically a case, like a case, would essentially get sent through the system. And then these contractors would pick it up and would issue some kind of code, like an AI code, that would basically send all these bots out or send a bunch of like uh, influence type accounts onto social media and kind of like shape and change the narrative of something or make people react a certain way uh, based on the action report that they deem necessary. But they all propose themselves as these, as these altruistic these altruistic people that were just volunteers, that they're just, they were just doing their civic duty to, to combat disinformation and misinformation. When the truth was they were running PSYOPs and it was against truthful information. It's a really crazy story. What We've had space on it before. Uh, I'll probably have another space on it here coming soon. I know there's some more investigations going on right now. And I don't want to derail too far off of this document. But I think it's important to note, especially when Jen brought up the Smith-Munt Act and how Basically, the government is allowed to propagandize its citizens uh, and, and, and legally. And that is a serious problem. Yeah, Kim, go ahead. 
Hey guys. Um, hey Maze, haven't talked to you in a while. Um, I just wanted to, you know, piggyback off what Trash was saying. This they basically gamified uh, wrecking people's lives. So you could put in a like you would get a target and then you would, you know, it would spit out like different scenarios that you could do. It gives you suggestions and you pick one and then you go on to the next thing and it'll give you three other scenarios, you know, based upon however successful the, the first one was. I mean, just diabolical. Yep. Okay. All right, so I, I know you want to get back to this, but if you could send me whatever information you have on that, because I'm not too familiar with that. Um, very interesting. Oh, yes. I will, I will text you a bunch of fun things, Maze. It is so much fun. So many fun things. Um, because as you know, like you guys, you guys know, like censorship's my bag, like this, the, the, and the psychological operations, like the proof that it was actually happening on the American people beyond what we obviously thought we knew, right. As cons fellow conspiracists, but we really couldn't put our finger on it. The Twitter files kind of showed us some stuff. Missouri v. Biden's kind of shown us some stuff, but not to the extent of what this is. And, uh, yeah, I've got, uh, I've got all of it. I've got. I've got SJ Terp stuff. I've got the disarm framework stuff. I've got all of it. You can go take a look at it. It's crazy stuff. I'll send it to you. Um, and sorry to get, to, to get derailed, Mike. My apologies. But this is kind of in line with what we're talking about here, specifically on the false flag event stuff. Because these are the systems that they use to actually have these false flag events and shape narratives and shape perceptions of the American people. And real quick, I, I promised you guys I was going to read this to you. This is from a document called The Count, and it came out of Millie's investigation into the Sunrise Zoom calls. And this is basically this document was crafted on the back of the Transition Integrity Project, which is the TIP, which we know. And it was all about maintaining it was all about maintaining the perception that Orange Man bad, freest and fairest elections of all time. And there's nothing here. Why are we looking here? Don't look at this. Don't look at this. There was nothing wrong with our elections. Um, and the, what they've got here on page 12, they, they say, for conspiracists, Operation Northwoods serves as an explanation, at least in part, for the events of September 11th of 2001. Conspiracists also referred to this operation to prove longstanding pattern of deceitful and malicious behavior on the part of the U.S. government. The false flag narrative is also associated with the events of the January 6th. Supporters of former President Donald Trump allege the rioters at U.S. Capitol building are from leftist Antifa movement posing as Trump supporters, which I would actually posit it's not just Antifa. Based on the investigation that Millie did in the Sunrise Zoom calls, it's, it's a lot of these horizontally aligned affinity groups like Sunrise Movement, Shut Down D.C., Antifa, BLM, many of these other leftist affinity groups that were involved in these Zoom calls where they were coordinating with current and former members of Department of Homeland Security, Intel contractors, and basically how they were going to shut down D.C. on January 6th and how this actually might even be connected with the pipe pump story. We'll see how that shakes out. But one of the documents that came out of this investigation that Millie had was called a document called The Count. And it was essentially this was a document that they used. It was written by Zach Mallets and uh, Becky Bond and a couple of people. And on page 35, I find it interesting. I want you guys to just think about January 6th for a moment, okay? What the events looked like, when they started breaking the barriers, when they started smashing windows, right about the same time that they were going to start hearing election irregularities and alternate slate of electors. Paul Gosar was around this time about to start talking. And listen to this. 
Democrats in Congress must use every constitutional, procedural, and political means necessary to delegitimize Trump's to attempt to usurp the presidency, up to and including voting in unison against any Republican effort to count Trump's Electoral College votes, ordering the sergeant at arms to remove Republicans from the House chamber, boycotting the Electoral College count, and staging protests inside of the Capitol to make it physically impossible for Congress to meet. That's on page 35 of that document, guys. These are the same left-wing affinity groups that were connected and working with Shutdown DC, Sunrise Movement. We still see Sunrise Movement today. We saw them going in Kevin McCarthy's office. We saw them going after Nancy Pelosi. We saw them filling up, filling up the Senate chamber just recently. That's the Sunrise Movement, the same people that Millie investigated about, about, about these things. And so when I read this document from April 2021 from the Department of Energy that Mike had uncovered at Oversight Project, you start looking at these things, you're like, wait a minute, but that's that's actually not true at all. Uh, John Sullivan was an Antifa member dressing up as a, as a Trump supporter. That's why he sold his footage. That's why he has a court case. He, he's a it's on public record. He is. He got he got charged from from being inside the Capitol and he was an Antifa member posing as a as a as a Donald Trump supporter. It's kind of wild, isn't it? Millie, I don't know if you want anything to add to that or, or Mike or whomever, but I just I think it's really important to talk about right here. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even just I think it's important to point out that with this document, there was there were Zoom calls that they had where they were talking about taking over government buildings. They were talking about shutting off the tunnels or the subways to prevent congressional representatives from basically leaving and and keep them there. And essentially, they we're passing out detailed ArcGIS maps, which in order to have access for ArcGIS maps, you really actually have to have university access, which makes sense now because in the Feds for Democracy Zoom, where I um, really identified a lot of the people, there were many, you know, professors and deans and people with um, access to university uh, tools. So, yeah, they were handing out this detailed ArcGIS map and the Capitol was their main target. It was completely like, you know, they put a big giant red square around it that was like shaded in red, that that was their main target. And you have to understand, this is a group of people that they had been already kind of practicing and doing dry runs of doing takeovers at the Capitol. Um, they had previously taken over Nancy Pelosi's office. They would go in there and do these takeovers. They had it they had entire guides on on conducting takeovers in the Capitol buildings and at government buildings. So, you know, that that's pretty much uh, I mean, it's really hard to argue that that's not what these people were doing when they literally were saying there's going to be people there and they're going to be taking over the buildings and we should let them and we should help them. We should take over the government buildings, you know, and, and they write it down. And so there's you know, it's there. These groups of people had a contingency plan for January 6th to take over the Capitol building to disrupt the Electoral College vote count. And it's just, it blows my mind that we can't get Congress to investigate, we can't get government to investigate, when they, they claim and they've paraded around like that they're doing J6 investigations to get to the bottom of what happened on January 6th to investigate these groups that did this. Yet, 
you know, I have this evidence that there was groups pre-planning to do this. And this has been some of the most sequestered information out there. I mean, I, I could barely get even some conservatives to cover it. And that's what's really got me questioning a lot of things. Like, why are these big conservative media platforms not touching it? It's out there. They're on camera saying these things. The documents are out there and verified. Verified that I even put them out on the website I put up, Sunrise Exposed. Um, if you guys, many of you who've been following this, known that I had that website up, I mean, years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, I initially put these documents out in October of 2020. So that means that had these documents not been so censored and sequestered, that means we could have prevented January 6th from happening the way it did. I mean, really wrap your head around that. And still, to this day, we can't get a bunch of these big conservatives to touch it. It, it blows my mind. Blows my mind. Well, and Billy, think about it, right? So you, Darren Beatty, um, I think even Bannon touched on it a bit, but he basically said that you have the receipts through your receipts. But like Darren Beatty's banging on in September about Norm Eisen and David Brock and Michael McFall and these color revolutionists, revolutionary people. You were talking about it because the 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 transition integrity project document came was basically finalized in August of 2020, and then you're doing the reporting on it about the sunrise zoom calls and what's going on. Darren Beatty is talking about basically the revolutionaries that are part of the strategy for January 6th. And one of the most sequestered and banned topics on Twitter, we saw in Twitter files was the sunrise zoom calls over 500,000 posts and content warning about January 6th and what's coming up and what these people have been planning for months and months and months. You're talking about the same Rosa Brooks who was under the drone program at, under Obama's administration. Niles Gilman, they, they run the Gurguin Institute think tank out in L.A. that basically had John Podesta acting as Joe Biden in these transition integrity project uh, tabletop exercises for the 2020 election. Like it's there's no short of people trying to talk about these things prior to January 6th. And yet the EIP, the Election Integrity Partnership, Alex Stamos, Renee DiResta, of course, their boss, Michael McFall, color revolution and extraordinaire, previous ambassador to Russia, participated and helped with the Euromaidan 2014 Ukraine color revolution and the Orange Revolution in 2003 in Ukraine. These same people were also coordinating with all these leftist affinity groups leading up to January 6th and leading up to November 5th, the day of voting. And so, like, you just kind of look at this, and there's so many people that were screaming about it for con constantly. And what did they do? They centered the shit out of it. And then what happened? You know, so. Well, for what it's worth, you know, because, you know, uh, Aaron, I was I was going back and forth with Grok a bit today. <laughs> and the the conversation was pretty hilarious. But um, Grok was breaking all kinds of rules, telling me things I don't think it's supposed to tell me. <laughs> like, it just was giving me some of the ex-developers contacts and things. Like, I don't think it's supposed to be doing that. But anyway, um, 
I I was asking Grok about um, if the Sunrise Zoom calls was still being suppressed or flagged um, on X. And it said it is. But I told Grok, I said, talk to the other AI, you know, on X and, you know, you need to stop censoring it and, and grok said he would put in a good word with the the, the ai running the x algorithm <laughs> so i don't know for what it's worth um but i do find it funny because i i had asked that about other things and it didn't say it was being censored but it said that the sunrise zoom calls was was being suppressed so it, it seems like it's actually even suppressing the entire sunrise movement on x it's and, and, and it is. And remember, like when you posted the link to millennialmillie.com, where you put a lot of these stories that you've been covering lately about this, um, it's still showing as harmful content. So like even now today on in, in 2024X Twitter, whatever it may be, your website, your name and that story is still shown as malicious content and it throws up a warning and it's heavily, heavily suppressed. Like it just... Oh yeah, my my entire X page is being suppressed, and you know what's crazy is, um, which I don't know if X even I don't even know Grok has the ability, but apparently Grok was saying that it can it can communicate with the the AI running X and the the algorithms. So I don't know if this is true or not. Is Grok allowed to lie to you? I guess that's the question. Well, all AI can hallucinate, right? So all AI is allowed to hallucinate. These large language models, they're allowed to hallucinate. What it means by that is that that basically the way that they've coded AI, generally speaking, large language models, is to, it's based on a reward system. So its incentives as a large language model is to give you what you want based on what you've asked for. And that's why hallucinations happen. So funny, funny story, actually. I, I'm not sure about Grok, but I can say about other things. But like funny story, Michael Cohen, uh, his entire defense in his case was written by AI. And the AI cited cases that, were, that didn't even actually exist, that the AI had completely hallucinated these different cases that Michael Cohen used in his defense and gave it to the judge. And the judge said, these aren't real cases. I don't know where you're getting your constitutional precedent from in this case in your defense, because none of these cases exist because he had used AI to basically create his defense and it lied to him. It, it gave him false case. It gave him false case names, case numbers and case results in constitutional precedent. It was a complete fabrication by the AI. So yeah, AI can hallucinate. I'm not sure, but I can tell you, I will tell you this. Uh, I was able to actually obtain my tweep cred, my tweep cred through Grok by using the, um, the, oh, because if you remember Elon, like basically put all the, all the code as open source behind the algorithms on, on Twitter, he released it. And so once that, once that was available on X, you then could actually ask Grok to give you your tweet cred. I still have the screenshot where I have my rankings, I'm labeled, I do, I am labeled as a conspiracy theorist, but I have a pretty high tweet cred, meaning that I don't ever get community noted, that anything that I put out is well-sourced, anything that I put out is actually fact, factual, but also I'm labeled specifically by the AI as a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, but you know what? You can tell Grok to change your label and what they describe you as, because I, I told Grok that today, 
And I said, you don't don't label me as a conspiracy theorist. Label me as a credible investigative journalist. And it, and it's and it changed it immediately. And it rewrote <laughs> it all <laughs> correctly. So, I mean, I don't know. Oh my god! All right, so uh, room refresh, guys. I don't know how much longer I have my East Coast friends here, but it's only seven forty nine for me. So, like, I'm digging in. I'm ready to go. We are going over a document that Mike Howell at Oversight Project Heritage Foundation got his hands on, and basically, what it is is a forty page document that was given out to the Department of Energy employees about conspiracy theories and what to watch out for. And this was released in April of twenty twenty one. It's called the Rad. Reference Guide to Conspiracies, Volume 1, April 2021. And the, 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 the thread that they put, the Oversight Project put together is up on the nest. And then the full document is linked in that thread if you want to take a look at it. And right now, what we've been talking about is on page, I want to say we were at false flags. So where is the false flags? Because the false flag conversation has taken up about an hour of our conversation here. It's on page... 11 and 12 and we're talking about january 6th and we're talking about the psychological operations they're running on social media and these various different tools like disarm framework um and then we're kind of getting into a false flag um what what they define as a false flag in this document on page 12. so just kind of catching everybody up uh aaron go ahead thank you trash i'm not trying to derail this conversation and this may not be the time or place to say this, but my account has been my, the, sorry, first, this is Aaron Friedman. The, the reason why I have a different profile name is because my account has been suspended for now. I don't know. I don't know exactly what that is about. Maybe I, I suspect maybe a mass, uh, a whole bunch of trolls may have reported my account because you know how these things go. So I, I don't know exactly what that was about. So also, I would like to say to Maze, we are we have things working, uh, we have things going on. I just want to let you know that if you were messaging me, the reason I was not responding is because I can't because my account has been suspended. So just letting you guys know if any of you were looking, uh, were trying to contact me, this is what's going on. Okay. I just followed you back. Jinx. You're it. <laughs> you owe me a Coke. All right, fair enough. That's why I knew it was Aaron. I, I guess I didn't even realize that it was his, his burner account. Okay. Well, hey, Aaron. Sorry about that. We'll see if we can get that sorted out. Maybe uh, Millie, because she, like, listen, Grok has really cozied up to Millie and he is telling her all kinds of secrets. She is obviously the AI. She's obviously an AI singer. She, she sings the siren song to the AI and they tell her all. Maybe, maybe Grok can tell Millie why Aaron's account was suspended, but I don't know because he's not really connected to the database. So if you guys want to know what the hell we're talking about, this space is fun. I've had a lot of fun with it because the fact that the Department of Energy, right, that the, the OST, this, this group that handles our nuclear waste and fissile material, they released this this 40-page document in April of 2021, and it was to train their employees <laughs> the government workers about conspiracy theories. But what what the overarching theme of what we're looking at here is actually what they're doing is, well, number one, what Jen was talking about, Jennifer McWilliams was talking about with like the trusted news and trusted media initiative, where they're essentially like they're conflating actual real questions 
that we get labeled conspiracy theorists for asking with like the most ridiculous, absurd stuff like reptilians and flat earth and and all this other bullshit. But they're conflating like the real questions about January 6th, about vaccines, about many things. And they're basically they're conflating it and saying, you know, the world is turning off from paying attention to legacy media. And they're they're paying attention to independent journalists who are conspiracy theorists. And this this document, 40 page document, was released in April of 2021 to every Department of Energy official, not to mention not just the officials, but it was also uh, released to law enforcement, FBI and many other like actual law enforcement groups. Now, there's some crazy shit in here that they talk about. I mean, we've got the Illuminati card game, which is a kind of a crazy thing. You've got the the groomer thing. You've got the child eaters, the Georgia Guidestones. You've got the red shoe, the red shoe thing. They've got QAnon in here. They've got, um, but right now we're talking about false flags and they reference Operation Northwoods, which was a, obviously the 1961 plot by the CIA to create a false flag for us to have justification for going into Cuba. And that was what Operation Northwoods was. And then they reference it in this document and they're relating it to September 11th and all the conspiracies about, you know, you know, jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams, all this shit. And then they go right to January 6th of 2021 saying that that was a false flag as well, that it was Antifa members dressed up, dressed up as Donald Trump supporters. Well, we know that's true. Number one, we know that you can go look at John Sullivan's case. John Sullivan, Jaden X, a.k.a. Jaden X is, is Antifa. And he was dressed up as a, as, a, as, a, as a Trump supporter and he got into the Capitol. And so, again, when you look at this, they're like, OK, they say analyst comment, although not completely a false flag accusation, OST was implicated in the Jade Helm conspiracy. Jade Helm was a military exercise in which occurred across several states during which military forces were deployed in certain American towns to practice specific tactics prior to overseas deployment. The conspiracy narrative regarding Jade Helms uh, stated then President Barack Obama would direct the military to take over the United States under the cover of military exercise. The unusual look of OST's vehicles led to some to believe that they were part of Jade Helm and the extension by part of planned military takeover. Although OST agents did not suffer any violence, the volatile nature of the current political climate suggests a, dist a distressing conspiracy involving OST's vehicles and the led to the confrontation with conspiracy-oriented citizens. So what, what, what they're saying here, what, what they're talking about here is, is that um, OST, these are the, the OST vehicles, these are the people that are handling like the radioactive material that work for the Department of Energy, and because they're like unmarked vans and vehicles, people were saying that OST was involved in this military exercise called Jade Helm and that they were actually not just doing a military exercise. They were practicing how to take over the uh, over the U.S. country under Barack Obama's control, blah, 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 blah. And so like what they're doing is they're conflating all of these like crazy theories with like shit that we actually had questions about that really happened. And they're talking about crisis actors. They're talking about Sandy Hook. I mean, like, I've seen I've seen these photos. Like, I'm not a conspiracy. Everyone knows this. I am not that guy. I like receipts. I only want receipts. I don't want any kind of conjecture. But, like, what they're trying to conflate lizard people with, with, with genuine serious questions that the American public has, and then they start going into the Illuminati card game, 
and the 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 the, the pyramid that's like the, the the symbol for pedophilia and the red shoe thing that the QAnon people were talking about. But like they they conflate all these different things and they start going into the satanic version, the the Bilderberg group, all of these things. And so they conflate everything that we have questions about with like absolutely ridiculous shit. This document is absolutely crazy. I wish Mike was still here, but we kind of went off the deep end a little bit. But I don't know if you guys want to add something to this because this is just it's absolutely crazy. Is this the Department of Energy you're talking about? Yeah, DOE, so Department of Energy. Uh, they released this document in April of 2021, and essentially it was the Reference Guide to Conspiracies, Volume One. So the Department of Energy, of all people, released this document to its employees and to law enforcement. So, like, they sprinkle in QAnon, they sprinkle in lizard people, they sprinkle in all of the things, all of the conspiracies, all of the fun ones. Uh, they they sprinkle in all the one, but they also sprinkle in like people with like questions around vaccines. They sprinkle in people with questions around false flags, like the WND discussion, how how we got into the Iraq War post nine eleven, how what happened in Vietnam, like how, Operation Northwoods, and and like trying to get us to be able to invade Cuba. Like we know the government has been doing this, and they've been doing it for some time. So they're so what they're doing is just taking some random conspiracy theories and mixing it in with actual factual conspiracy facts that has been happening and acting as if they're all in, one in in the same correct yeah Crazy. so at one point they're 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 adding in operation northwoods and january 6 questions regarding and then they're saying also these same people believe in lizard people and flat earth it's it's kind of offensive what they're doing Let's go. So, all right, there's a space up in the nest, guys. Dustin's going to be holding it. Uh, it looks like in about an hour, um, if you guys want to make your way over there. Millie, I know it's East Coast for you, um, so I don't know how much time you guys have on this, but the thread that I've been going over uh, was what the Oversight Project put out. It's up in the nest. It's down in the chat. And then you have a link to the full document. It's about a 40-page document. Highly recommend going looking through it. It's a lot of fun. There's some crazy stuff in there, and there's also some really truthful things, and I, I just I would recommend going to take a look through it. But I don't know how much time you guys have with me. Um, we got about an hour or so to that next space. Mike is back. Thank goodness. Got a speaker. Okay. Okay. So. My friends, uh, Storm Mays, Jacktron's up here. We got Mike back with us. Thank goodness. Carolina, Aaron's up here. Kevin Smith, Millie. Do you guys have anything you want to add to this? I'm just kind of like just I'm just kind of having fun with it. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with my audio. I keep getting booted, but uh, I just dropped something in the comment section in the chat. So we got this document as part of the FOIA out of the Washington State Fusion Center, which had the FBI states and everything. Another thing we found in that document dump was the ADL pumping the FBI and others full of misinformation about, you know, encouraging them to target conservative influencers. And so when we talk about the laundering of information, it's important to note that like this conspiracy theory document is right next to the ADL in pressuring federal law enforcement. You can see how federal law enforcement sees kind of the rewards for going after people that the far left groups are kind of pointing them after. 
That's interesting. So like this link has Matt Walsh talking about, I remember, I remember this in Nashville when they had this and it's saying the ADL alerts law enforcement on Matt Walsh, Christopher Rufo and lives of TikTok. So hi, a right chick. Uh, and this is on daily signal. Uh, the, the ADL flags online amplifiers of LGBTQ plus hate as extremists to be examined by law enforcement and an email that was obtained by oversight project there at heritage. Great job guys. This is interesting. I've not seen this article yet, but it's hilarious because you got Christopher Rufo, you got Matt Walsh. I mean, you've got all of them, all in one. You got Haya Rychik, you've got Rufo Walsh. This is crazy. So basically, the ADL and similar organizations are a key driver of government weaponization. Mike, that you said, director of Oversight Project, um, that quote, they provide the phony predication uh, and intellectual cover in order to point the people with guns at their enemies. Our investigative work continues to expose examples of these groups driving government action. This is actually a really important point. So I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys know what fusion centers are. This is something that kind of came around. We were talking about around the January 6th pipe bomb story where it went to the fusion center and just died completely. The, and it says right here, oversight's um, FOIA request to Washington state fusion center, which is a basically a counterterrorism center. Um, that basically mixes like local law enforcement and FBI and, and government law enforcement to try to crack down on counterterrorism. Matter of fact, Mike, I'm going to talk to you offline about something that, that is actually going on that's serious. Uh, we had a space about it yesterday, and then we have to be quiet about it now because there's actually real investigations going on. This is around the accelerationist stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the fusion centers are actually alive and well and working in the right way. Well well, try, Millie, weren't you taken to a fusion center when they arrested you following the Shadowgate stuff? Yes. It was a Homeland Security fusion center that right next to it had a an airplane tarmac. <laughs> Which is scary. Yeah. Yeah, real quick on the ADL front, though. I got a piece coming out in the next couple of days, hopefully in Real Clear Investigation, that talks about the ADL and the FBI. People don't realize that one of the very first things an FBI agent in D.C. does is go on an ADL-sponsored trip to the Holocaust Museum. And so, like, sure, that sounds inoffensive, probably even a good idea to remind FBI agents, you know, you don't want to be weaponized. But from there, the ADL continues to, you know, prime the pump and send them all of these targeting reports, which they then act on. I mean, no different than what crew and some of the other lawfare organizations are doing. But to make matters even worse, the FBI or the ADL gives FBI agents awards, shield awards, they're called. Even in Delaware, they named it after Joe Biden's uh, deceased son, Bo. And so people like Paul Bate, the number two of the FBI, or um, gosh, I'm blanking on the names of some of the more high profile uh, bad actors from the FBI that are MSNBC commentators now. They're the people that the ADL gives big awards and has, you know, huge galas for. And so when you have, right, yeah. you have this weird incentive structure where you want to do things that the ADL will like you for. And so it's not harmless when the ADL sends these kind of reports over. No, I'm actually going to be looking forward to that piece. Uh, that's actually going to be very important. So, uh, Kevin, go ahead. What's up, guys? Yeah, no, it's so funny that you bring up all these different lists that go out because as someone who can speak very personally to this, as someone who is named on the Southern Poverty Law Center list. Uh, I got really worried when it happened. I'll be honest, I was freaking out. And then I started to realize that the only people who care about that stuff are the people who suck. And everybody who, at least in the movement, 
when they found out I was named as an anti-government extremist by the Southern Poverty Law Center, they were like, that's awesome. Congratulations. And so it kind of helped me weed out the people that were real and the ones who weren't because all the real ones know, like hearing like Chris Rufo is on that list. I'm like, okay, he's real. Like if I didn't know of his work, if I didn't know of uh, the girl from Libs of TikTok, who, whose name I'll never remember, but I don't know. It just helped me weed out the people that were down for the cause yeah. and, and the ones who aren't. Yeah. That, so uh, Kaya Rychek is uh, Libs of I'm going to forget it. And, I'm um, going to forget it every time. I don't know why. <laughs> But no, I mean, I'm surprised that um, uh, what's his name with education's not on that list as well. Um, ah, fuck it, it's escaping me. Anyway, I I talk to him all the time, and yes, for some reason I can't. He's the one behind like the school voucher program and and how the James the Lindsay teachers union like. No, not James Lindsay. Um, Corey DeAngelis. Corey DeAngelis. I'm surprised he's not on that list as well. Uh, especially with all the attacks on the uh, uh, national teachers unions like Randy Weigarten. Well, that's but how I got it. No, on. I mean, I think, what's that? That's how I got on it. Once we started winning school board races out here on Long Island, we won like mm -hmm. we won like 25 in one year. Then all of a sudden, oh, look at that, shocker, I made the list. And uh, I, <laughs> I was like, well, I, it, you know, look, at first it's kind of jarring. I mean, I am on the same list as like some pretty bad people. But then you start looking around and you're like, oh, there's people on there that aren't so bad at all. And it's like, you're just, and it's so funny too, because when you look at it, they never, they never name people who can financially defend themselves. So if I was on it, you would think James O'Keefe, Charlie Kirk, Ben Shapiro, Dan Bongino, but no, they never named those people. Why? Because they will sue them. Me. I, I sell t-shirts to fund the movement. So they know there's nothing I can do about it. So it's like, it, yep. it's, uh, they, it's almost like they stop people. For, so if you, if you think of the names I just mentioned, put them in the top 10% and I'm in like the bottom 10%. They stop people from ever like getting out of that bottom rung to become the big name star before, like with, with this moniker. Oh, they've got uh, they've got uh, Jamie Mitchell on there too, who started uh, Gays Against Groomers. She's on there too. There you go. Someone well, else I'm just can't, you know, sue an organization that, like, I know the Southern Poverty Law Center. I'll use my example. They have an eighty million dollar endowment. Yeah, okay, I'm going to sue them. Maybe in another lifetime. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and again. The, the, the purpose of the space was going over this document that, that Mike was able to get um, from the Department of Energy. It was basically these conspiracy theories. So, and again, I, I can't stress this enough. They're, they're looping in people who have genuine questions, real questions about whether or not the, the government has our best interest, number one. And number two, around these certain events that there's a lot of questions with and they're like, oh yeah, no, th no, those people asking questions are the same thing as the people that believe in lizard people and flat earths. And, and pumping it all in and basically shaping and molding this government workforce that's working within these with, within these bureaucracies and these government organizations to believe that everybody that doesn't believe mainstream media, legacy media talking points or the, the, the national publications that have earned the right to give you information, they're the same people that believe in lizard people and flat earth. Like that's what that, that, that's what this document is actually doing.
And I started the space off because it's hilarious, right? Because like we in the information space, right? We, we, we know these things. We have receipts for these things. We know these things, but we're all being labeled in the same, the same bucket as the same tranche as like people that <laughs> believe that like Queen Elizabeth was a lizard person. <laughs> it's just, it's, it, but it's, it's actually very pernicious because this, this is kind of what Jen McWilliams was talking about earlier in the space when they were talking, when she was talking about how they're training these children K through 12 about credible news sources and credible sources for information versus non-credible. And this just adds more fuel for the fire. And this reporting that Mike had posted with the Daily Signal and about the ADL and labeling, you know, Haya Reichick and, and Matt Walsh and Christopher Rufo and Jamie Mitchell as all the same type of lump of people that were not credible uh, that, that should be on the watch list of ADL. And then to that point that Mike made about they're actually physically giving a meritocratic incentive for people within the FBI and DHS to pursue these people and giving them awards for doing so. It's actually quite pernicious when you really when you really bake this whole thing down. Uh, yeah, Aaron, go ahead, and then I'll uh, I'll move on with my uh, hosts here. Yeah, the, there is. I have here in front of me a chart. Some time ago, actually, it's an upside down pyramid of conspiracy theories. It came out, I think, two years ago, talking about all the levels to conspiracy theories. So it starts out with uh, things that we already know that actually happened, like like Co Intel Pro, Mockingbird, Tobacco, lying about cancer, so on. Then it has, we have questions, it's JFK assassination, UFOs, Roswell, Denver airport, Epstein didn't kill himself. But then it goes into the unequivocally false, but mostly harmless. And it has your Elvis is alive. Okay, you know, I would say that's not really, that's not harmless. It has your Bigfoot and so on and so forth. But when you go to the top, you have here the anti-Semitic point of no return. And it has here some things like the elders of Zion and cause denial but it also has your george soros for some reason the moon landing is fake obama birth certificate fake i'm like i last time i checked obama is not jewish so why is this the anti-semitic point of no return and by the way and another question anybody who, who believed in these things it's and no return it's impossible to return from this satanic cult panic and their illuminati all these things so they've been pushing this for some time now and this was this was made by somebody named abby richards this is what it says here, and as here's a link to all her. I, I guess it's a her, if not, it's an it to the to that person's social media. So they've been doing these kinds of things, but now we see it. Now this person, as far as I know, is not actually a government agent. As far as I know, it may just be. But now we see it now actually from the government itself trying to push these kinds of things, saying, "Oh, you cannot talk about George Soros, otherwise it is the anti-Semitic point of no return." Well, and, and actually what's interesting is the Heritage Foundation put out, so that's actually interesting you brought that up, but I put, I put it down in the chat. I, I talk about this from time to time. A lot of people didn't even know it existed. And there was a thread that Heritage put out. When did they put that out? Uh, May of last year. And it was this, basically, it, it was the Media Research Channel has uncovered a DHS anti-terrorism program that's been weaponized against conservatives. 80 grants and $39.6 million taxpayer dollars later, here's a look at how Joe Biden and Secretary Mayorkas are outsourcing their efforts to conflate conservatives with terrorists. And it was called the pyramid of the far-right radicalization. What's interesting about this pyramid, right? So you have level one, 
right? So you have like the NRA, Fox News, Harris Foundation, uh, but uh, Republican, uh, RNC, I'm assuming, uh, CBN News, and uh, the American Conservatives Union Foundation. Level two is the MAGA hat, Make America Great Again hat, PragerU, Turning Point USA, Quiet, which is interesting because Quiet was pretty much a lefty uh, uh, publication, but all right. Uh, Infowars, uh, you have the Punisher with a thin blue line, <laughs> uh, Breitbart News. And then on level three, you start getting up at, now you're actually seeing like the Daily Stormer, which is absolutely a neo-Nazi publication, NPI, uh, and obviously like neo-Nazis in these groups. And then like level four, it goes all the way up. But this is our Department of Homeland Security that have essentially put up this anti-terrorism thing. And at the University of Dayton, uh, they received a ton of grants, like $352,000 to fight, quote, domestic violent extremism and hate movements. And under uh, under the Department of Homeland Security, under Biden, they were awarded this grant, <laughs> despite the fact that this chart that they put together was part of their application. Um, you actually should look through this thread. There's a there's a there's a professor there at University of Dayton called Michael Lodenthal, or I'm sorry, University of Cincinnati. Michael Lodenthal. And this dude is sitting on the stage with a member of DHS as a professor at the University of Cincinnati, giving these these seminars of hate and, advi and advising against all this hate. And they're, and, they're, and they're talking about how it's not just enough to dox an individual. You need to go after their like their their spiritual groups. You need to go after their family. You need to go after the companies they work for. You need to basically 100 percent deplatform them and, and shame them with anybody that's in their social circle. This is a professor at University of Cincinnati, Michael Lodenthal, who was working with the DHS on this pyramid of hate, this pyramid of terrorism. Go through it. I, I have talked about this since last year in May when it came out, and it kind of fell flat. And I'm telling you, there's a lot there. Yeah, Mike, go ahead. We're suing DHS for this. Uh, we should be getting a production soon. Um, I've heard from sources inside the department that there is far more interaction with these types than they want to let on. And so they've thrown the, the top lawyers at covering up this information, but they're running out of clock right now. And we got them in court. So once we get documents on this, we'll, we'll be back. But this is exactly like the modus operandi of how federal government and law enforcement works now. They're really just the enforcement arm of the ideological groups. I mean, people would be shocked to see how much Pushing comes from SPLC, ADL, these other "quote unquote" researchers and whatnot. It, it's really the the tail wagging the dog. It's so crazy, Mike. I'm so glad you're here to kind of like talk about this because I was shouting about this back in last May. I had a couple of spaces about it. I was I was talking because this is on kind of par with what Millie Weaver and she had to go. It's, it's late where she's at. It's kind of on par with what she was talking about, like with the Sunrise Zoom calls. The Sunrise Zoom calls were the, all these leftist affinity groups like eight, uh, BLM, Antifa, Sunrise Movement, Shut Down DC. And these were members of current Department of Homeland Security that were in these same calls and planning how they were going to shut down DC on November 5th and January 6th um, and how they were going to coordinate and prevent co Congress from meeting altogether. And when you start looking at this pyramid of hate uh, that they put out as part of this grant that taxpayer money was actually funding 
through these professors at universities like University of Cincinnati and Dayton and this Michael Lodenthal character, where he's actually having talks on the stage with a member of Department of Homeland Security. And they're talking about not only just doxing people, but completely attacking people, going after the social circles, going after their, 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 their priests, going after their family, going after the companies that they work for, not just them themselves. And our DHS is involved with it. Then they want to come out at the same time and saying, well, one of the greatest threats to the American public is this domestic extremism terrorism. They're creating it, then saying that's one of our greatest threats. And they're, they're labeling people like the NRA and Breitbart News and people who wear MAGA hats as domestic extremists or like the parents at school board meetings, like in, in Loudoun County in Virginia. But all, all of these things are all connected within, within this government's purview just to secure more funding and our taxpayer dollars are paying for it. I'm so glad to hear, Mike, that you guys are suing. I'm here for it. I can't wait. I'll be paying attention very closely as this stuff plays out. Because again, myself, Jennifer, we're like one of the few people out there that's actually been talking about this over the last few years. And I think it's going to become more and more prevalent. So Mike, thank you for sharing that with us, man, because that's I cannot wait for discovery on that one. Let's go. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. This is kind of the theme of a lot of our lawsuits. When you're when you're talking about FOIA, one of the, the things we go after, because I used to work at DHS, you know how this stuff kind of works, is the external coordination. This administration is different than the Obama administration in that the former was staffed with like K Street professional types. The Biden administration is drawing from like the radical activist community that still has one foot in their you know previous NGO employer. And so they're sloppy uh, and they're just working with these people all the time. On the immigration front, it's probably the craziest. There's thousands, you know, of pop-up immigration NGOs, which are just, you know, beating up on Mayorkas every day for not being crazy enough. And he's pretty dang crazy. Yeah, well, right. Like, so people are confusing like these NGOs, these immigration NGOs with like Catholic charities, like people don't understand the financial incentive of grants and funding uh, that these a lot of these Catholic charities or these Christian charities that are assisting in like basically the mass uh, illegal immigration into our country because they actually have an incentive and they're getting grants approved hand over fist by government money just to facilitate what they're trying to accomplish. This is why I said I want I want to impeach Mayorkas, not because I really give a shit about Alejandro Mayorkas, although he's a piece of shit. I would rather have to have the conversations about all the various charities that are giving basically financial incentive for survival to participate in, in, in this mass migration that, that we're experiencing right now. Yep, it's a billion dollars. Well, trash, and just just to point out real quick, Mike, sorry. Like, just remember, the guys, These we say NGOs a lot, but it stands for non-governmental organization, right? And those are supposed to be non-profit, right? They're not supposed to be making profit, yet they're the only ones who are making profit on the backs of the American people and taking away our constitutional rights. Yeah, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, that's 100% correct. Yeah, this is a billion dollar industry in terms of government grants, just the nonprofits a year. This is when the House had their border bill seven months ago. They defunded this in its entirety. Of course, the Senate didn't do anything with it. And this border bill they're talking about now actually ups the amount to go to the, the quote unquote nonprofits. But we did a study where we tracked illegal alien cell phones when they you know came into contact with the nonprofits. 
and found out that of 30,000 uh, illegal aliens in a one month period, just for the, the places we identified based off, you know, Border Patrol information that sources, they went to every single congressional district, but for one in that time period. And I'm sure, you know, it, over a longer time period, it's it's every last one. But their spread is insane. I think people really underestimate the logistical and industrial size resettlement operation that is happening through these nonprofits now. And they get tons of money through HHS and the care of children. I, I use care and scare quotes there because they're just placing unaccompanied children with anybody who says, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll take them. The first thing they did was rip up the Trump era vetting mechanism for placing children. And this is, you know, when you talk about sound of freedom and stuff like that, and I'm sure the government considers this a conspiracy theory, but this is how child sex trafficking works. I mean, it's just, you're, you're paying for it at the end of the day, which, which makes it even, even more disgusting. Well, and Mike, that was the whole reason that Aaron Stevenson and Tara Rodas became DHS and HHS whistleblowers, right? So Tara Rodas, she's the health and human services whistleblower that came out and she thought she was doing something altruistic. She thought she was helping the kids and she could speak Spanish and English very well. So she wanted to go down and help help at the border with, with kids that are coming across, that were being brought across by coyotes and many of the other people. And she thought that she could, I, she was also, she was also a teacher in her past life before she was working for HHS, spoke both languages and really thought she could do, she could do something uh, good. Well, Aaron Stevenson, who was a DHS whistleblower and, and, and Tara discovered that there are 87,000 missing children and the children were being placed with members of the cartel that were then sent into complete trafficking, including the worst of the worst that you could possibly imagine which as I'm sure you guys know, with zero vetting on, on any of these kind of like host families or the host people. And they were, it was all being done and facilitated by our DHS and our administrations and our government. And right now it's on steroids. Like, I don't think people really understand how, like how, how bad, it's not just that there's people crossing at 4,000 per day or there's 100,000 instances here. There's 12 million people over the course of several years. It's about these kids that are disappearing into these systems that are being placed with unvetted people that are then being, they're actually being used for everything disgusting imaginable that you could possibly think of. And, and our federal government is not only paying for it, our taxpayers, our taxpayer dollars are paying for it but we're actually creating the final leg of the journey for all of these groups and all of these organized crime and the cartels in middle and central America that are bringing these people up. Like we are facilitating in that human trafficking. It's, it's not even hyperbole. It's not, it's, it's, it's horrible and it's disgusting. And, but that is in the less calculus, that's a okay thing to have happen. If it, you know, the ends justify the means, which is, you know, what we talked about at the beginning of this, the UN's push for replacement level migration. And one of the chief things the left wants to call a conspiracy theory now, it's it's out of control. And I think if there's a switch in administrations this go around, you're going to see an absolute shuttering of all funds to this. And it's going to cause a, a complete kind of destruction of the industrial border complex because, you know, these groups depend. It's a billion dollar industry. That is a, a ton of money. And think if these groups did not exist, what you would have is just a mass of people on the border without plane tickets anywhere or someone to ship them off throughout the country. That would create a politically untenable situation for the government. Uh, you, you saw what happened like a year ago when there's a crowding under the bridge 
at, at the border. That was the first time the Biden administration actually like winced a little bit and, and you know tried to switch things around through their CBP one app so they could you know more quickly in an organized fashion get people into the country. If you can't move them from the border, people are going to see how bad this crisis actually is. And you know if you defund the NGOs, these folks are stuck at the border. Yeah, and this is why again. Listen, Alejandro Mayorkas, you guys can make all the cases you want. He's a he's a he's a POS. I get that. I understand that. I agree. It's fine. But the reason I want Mayorkas impeached is because I want a national conversation and investigation in the very things that we're talking about right now. I need people that are not paying attention on X that are that are only paying attention to legacy media to see that there is actually a hearing on impeaching the director of the Department of Homeland Security, that they are directly involved in human trafficking. And I want it as a public conversation because I need people who are not engaged to hear about it. Because once you hear about it, we can actually do something to fix it. And hopefully for for God's sakes, maybe help a kid or two. Again, we have 87,000 kids missing in the system that's currently existing right now. Missing, not accounted for, no idea. We've got we've got gotaways. We've got people that are scheduled for court dates in 10 to 12 years. They're never going to make those court dates. And, 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 and so this is why it's so important to have this. I didn't want to shift it to make this about immigration, but I think it's directly relevant with the things that we're talking about here. I think it's very important that we highlight this maze. Yeah, go ahead. Well, can I just ask a couple of specific questions around that for clarity? So, like, where like where were these kids and then how did they poof be gone? I guess some of that is a little ambiguous and, and perhaps maybe that's why, because I mean, were they all together somewhere and they just disappeared one day? It's a, you know, I don't really know the details. So I can jump in here and then I got to balance it's late on the East coast. But what happens essentially is okay. A kid shows up at the border with either a family unit or alone. Um, the kid, if he's an unaccompanied minor, a UAC is placed into uh, the UAC program. And so basically HHS handles the kids. What they do is they contact a sponsor, someone who volunteers in the U.S. to take the kid. It used to have to be like all these conditions in the Trump administration, and we would vet them. But now it just it could be an illegal alien somewhere in, in the U.S. So HHS will then take the kid to the illegal alien. At that point, the only government oversight that occurs are like telephone check-ins kind, kind of deal. And so they, they lose track of the kids that way because they simply aren't looking for them after they place them. If the illegal alien doesn't pick up the phone for the check-ins, the government doesn't do anything. So that's how you lose the the kids. And Biden's lost a record number. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Thank you. Got it. All right. Thanks, Josh. I'll see you guys. Hey, Mike. Hey, thanks a lot, man. It's been a fun space. And thanks for sending this this to me. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, bro. Later, guys. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, guys, um, <laughs> I I love it. Uh, Mike is a fucking warrior over at Heritage Foundation, started the Oversight Project. The dude, literally, like, every like if you guys don't remember, the Hunter Biden FOIA dump that came out about two, three months ago was because of his work he did over at Heritage Foundation at the Oversight Project. These guys are absolute monsters when it comes to government oversight. And so... When Mike sent this to me, like uh, just just a few days before I left town, I was in Dubai last week. Um, just before I left town, he sent it to me. He's like, "Dude, 
look what I got. And I'm like, holy shit, what is this? And it was a 40 page document that the Department of Energy sent around to all their employees about uh, being aware of conspiracy theories. I'm like, dude, we have got to have a space on this. So like, this is, this is the first time I've had a chance to have this space. Uh, but they're absolute monsters over there at Heritage. And, uh, and so that's, that's why we're having this space today. But we've had a great conversation. And Jen, thanks for rocking with me. I know Millie had to go. We've got a panel up here. You guys, um, I'm down. It's only 8.30 my time. So it's early for me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I've been gone for a week. And I, 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 have to have, I have to have spaces again. You guys want to talk about anything? We can talk about anything. We can shut it down. It's whatever. But like, let's chat. Like, let's, what's up? Yeah, Jen. Hey, Josh. I have that space uh, at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock with us. And I need a few minutes to like call my mom and stuff. So I might have to drop here soon. So, okay. That's cool. You know. And thanks everybody for being here. All right. For sure. Um, but I've got some great speakers up on the panel, Jen. I, I'm going to come over to that space as well in about 30 minutes. It is up in the nest. Um, let, let me see. Yeah, so it's so she Jen put Dustin's. You're not going to want to miss this. This space is about late night mission control, exposing the Hunter Biden laptop scammers and takeovers. So it's going to be a little bit of crypto. Uh, it's going to be a little bit about Hunter Biden laptop. I'm going to come over there and join that space because like I'm fired up. I'm in a good mood. I'm back in the swing of things. I'm back in the States. And I actually get to talk to my friends again. I've been told like the last three days, Jen, like, I was missed apparently on, on X. So here I am, I'm back and we're going to have some fun, but I got a good panel of speakers here, Jen, if you need to bounce, go ahead. I'll wind this thing down and we'll move over to that space here in about 30 minutes. But I mean, hey, got I don't know if you saw that, uh, that post about the raccoons that were being, um, you know, brought back through sausages. So I was literally about to go pack some sausages and, and reel you back in here. They caused like a power out. No, they escaped somewhere. And then there was another post about some raccoons that caused an uh, power outage. So I was like, is he up to yeah. trouble? Yeah. <laughs> so I got tagged in that story. Um, it was a raccoon that caused a power outage in Seattle. And everyone asked me like, what's going on there? And I said, that was 100% me. And the people of Seattle have far, have strayed far too far away from God, and they deserve to get the tablets nuked for 24 hours so we can talk about God again because they've strayed too far in Seattle. The people of Seattle have strayed too far, and they don't deserve electricity. And I was the guy when I came back in the country to 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 do that. So that was me confirmed. I definitely was the raccoon that ended people's power in that district in Seattle, Carolina. So there's that. Yeah, the other story was the raccoons that uh, escape, and they were being um, kind of like wheeled back in through hot dogs. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, I saw that. Find but, that story. Okay, so like quick story, and then Jack, I'll come to you, and then Aaron. I was on the plane. I had not watched Guardians of the Galaxy Part Three yet, and I was on the plane because, like, you know, fifteen and a half hour flight from Dubai back to New York. So I had a couple movies to watch, and one of them was Guardians of the Galaxy Three. Can I just say of how sad that movie was? Like those little baby raccoons, and he saved all of them. He saved so many of them. Um, Trash, you need to tell the actual story go that goes along with you crying on the plane, and then you getting questioned about whether you were crying about the movie or not. Yeah, so that actually happened. Um, I definitely, I was definitely jerking a tear. There was a girl next to me in the in, in the seat, and she saw me watching Guardians of the Galaxy three, 
And we started talking, whatever. I was like, hey, are you on X? And she's like, no, I'm not. And so I got a bunch of people like red pilled to like my content on Twitter or X. I was like, hey, you need to come like listen to our spaces. Like they're really good stuff. And I showed them that I was a raccoon. And I got questioned. They're like, are you actually crying because of the baby raccoons? And I said, I am. I'm actually crying about it, Jen. And, um, you know, it was, it was a tough thing I had to go through. I had to explain why I was so sad that these raccoons were being taken advantage of in the Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And Rocket was basically dying the entire movie. Like, that was me, obviously. People also have said that sometimes, depending upon the picture, I look like Bradley Cooper. So it's obvious that I was actually Rocket. Like, it's clear to me at this point. I obviously don't look like Bradley Cooper. He's way more attractive than I am. But no, I, I met Trash in person. We had fun. We went to go eat pasta. And uh, he does kind of look a lot like, especially the lighting. He took me to like this really uh, fancy area. And uh, it was like very low lighting. So he looks a lot like Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very sad because like, you know, like all the baby raccoons and they were like latching onto me. He was trying to save them. And it was very, very sad. Yeah, but I had I had not watched Guardians of the Galaxy three until that plane flight, and I got stops and asked questions. Jen, thanks for blowing me up on that. Thanks. All right, Jack, everyone knows Trash is actually Joe McHale. Well, actually, everyone knows that I'm actually Kyle Serafin. That's what they all think. They all think that like I'm actually Kyle Serafin, and like I'm his burner account. And then the one day that he and I hosted his face together, like, I don't know how long ago, because we're friends, uh, and we talked at the same time. That myth was gone. But for a long time, I was Kyle Serafin's burner. Kind of funny. Jack, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Um, you, did you see the uh, the drop from Jim Jordan today about Amazon? I was thinking like... So maybe I know about uh... this. Yeah, so I know about this story. As a matter of fact, I, I know... So uh, I actually know the woman whose husband actually wrote the book that started this whole Amazon Files thing. Um, Amy I, Nelson? Yeah, I came across her on X... And I saw I saw that she was posting about it constantly. I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? So, like, it was interesting to see Jim Jordan post that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very, 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 very familiar with that story. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, like, maybe you and I could do a space on that tomorrow. Yeah, sure. But let's get, let's get Amy in there. All right, Aaron, go ahead. Yeah, uh, she's a follower of mine, so maybe I could reach out to her. Yeah, we'll get Amy in there. Aaron, go ahead. Yeah, personally, I think you were great in Guardians of the Galaxy. You did a great job over there. Thank you. Also... You are now in Arizona, correct? I am always in Arizona, but yes. Okay, I just want to make sure because we've been having raccoons. I'm just trying to make sure that you are not bothering our trash cans. And oh, maybe, no. it's a, maybe it was a brother or something. No, anyway. I've got eyes everywhere, Aaron. Aaron, I've got <laughs> eyes everywhere. People always ask me where I get these receipts from. It's because I have fucking armies of raccoons everywhere that go through people's trash cans, Aaron. It's because yeah. you work for a three-letter agency as a raccoon. Yes, I'm obviously glowing as a raccoon. Way, a way, be way better than the FBI. Anyway, I have two things to say. One, that uh, I'm now scrolling down my computer, and I'm seeing here that a, a meme by Ben Garrison does excellent memes, by the way, that Rush Limbaugh's... Uh, Rush Limbaugh, he died in 2021. What, what, February 17th. So... If anybody wants to ha host a space in his honor, you know, to, to remember Rush, maybe play some of his best moments or something like that, I would be interested in knowing if anybody has any plans. I'm just throwing it out there, spitballing here. Anybody who's interested in doing something like that, just putting it out. The second thing 
I would, uh, Trash, I would like to message you, ask you um, if there's something we can do about, if there's something we can do about the fact that I've been suspended. I mean, they told me within three days, will they will have reviewed the account. They may come back to me by tomorrow. I mean, last time I was suspended was just one day, but if there is something, but in case they, in case they do not unsuspend my account, I would like to know if you know anybody who has gone through anything similar or there, if there is any other options, if they know anybody that could work something out. So, yeah, I mean, I, I know a couple of people I can escalate this with within X. Um, it, it, it just depends on the terms of why that, that account was suspended. However, if, if, if um, it was like attacked or artificially suspended due to the algorithm based on people attacking the account because they they met in like a, a Discord chat and they all came after your account, that's something different. So I'll escalate it and I'll see what uh, we can come up with, but no promises. But I, I, I can do my best. Much appreciated. Thank you. Of course. Of course. Well, guys, um, we got about 20 minutes until that next space I'm going to make my way into. But Storm, you haven't really said much. You're here with me, Carolina, Aaron, uh, Vinny, Jack. Do you guys want to add anything to the conversation before we wind the space down? Because obviously both of my co-hosts had to go. So I just want to oh, say, ahead. oh, go ahead, Jack. I, I can hang out here. Uh, I was just going to say. Go ahead, Jack. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I'll go first then. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Come on. Just go ahead. Carolina, go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, when it comes to uh, receipts, believe it or not, I don't know what assured me to want to dump all my receipts out to trash. Again, you know, it was just a raccoon on the internet. Vinny was there. And I was uh, getting ready to just bring all this, um, you know, incognito doctors. I, I It was really crazy because I'm like sitting there with trash. Like I said, can I have your phone? And I'm going to do this. And I have like, you know, about 15 doctors that are going to go out. Some are, you know, public. Some are, you know, whistleblowers. And, you know, I'm going to be doing this space and we're going to have this one doctor and this uh, other doctor and some doctors hate each other some doctors are pro-vaccine some are anti-vaccine and this conversation hasn't been had since 2020 we're about to literally blow up the internet so poor trash is you know sitting there doing some receipts we're training doctors we're having to call doctors and teach them how to use the twitter and next thing you know poor beanie in trash just wandered off into my little crazy space where i'm like teaching people how to use the mic and dr thorpe here un unmic unmic and then hold on guys i gotta call him and tell him not to unmic and then turns out he was on the computer the whole time um so he couldn't like actually get into the space it was crazy so i don't know what transpired for a lot of people to give us a lot of receipts ever since that happened like it's been overwhelming so but we do have to be diligent now because uh we do get some crazy requests where i'm like sitting here wait a minute do you have legal uh backup for this have you filed to be an actual whistleblower so things have gotten so crazy uh we never expected that going from you know twitter spaces trying to speak uh, the truth and trying to, you know, uh, have conversations with transpired to where now some of the deep dives, some of the craziest investigations have, you know, uh, rise from, you know, investigators and journalists like, you know, Millie, I see Joe Pax down there who I absolutely love. And I was a huge fan. I'm still a, a huge fan. And now he's like in the spaces co-hosting with me. Uh, you know, I had a lot of great people that I followed that I thought were phenomenal. And here we are on Twitter spaces, uh, collaborating, doing work. I mean, I was, uh, Bannon invited me to the RNC that they had in Las Vegas, which was insane. We had tons of like chairs 
from the Republican chairs. And um, I never imagined that just because of Twitter spaces or, you know, us being able to freely speak to each other in the direct messages uh, and collaborate, uh, we would be here. So I just want to send a big shout out to Trash. And I know that a lot of you guys have been like doxxed and targeted. And I really appreciate you just keep going. Um, you know, I, I trained a lot of people on the, you know, 13 rules for radicals, how to how to bypass that and how to, you know, uh, evade all of that, because that's how they were targeting us for like, you know, I've been going at this for four years since 2020, when the first whistleblowers came at me from, you know, Italy and from Spain telling me about this situation with the virus. So, um, you know, with Lee Ming Yang, I think you were in the in the space trash, I think when we had to go over the, the papers, the reports and all of the stuff for the bioweapons. So um, it's been amazing to know that through through this platform, uh, we've been able to do this. But again, I'm very vigilant. I do feel like everything we say or do is going to be used against us. So be careful, guys. So that's that's all I have to say. Thank you, Trash. Oh, yeah. No, I, I appreciate it, Carolina. I'm going to go to the hands. Uh, i got Jeff and Aaron up here. Uh, no, I, I, um, so what's really interesting to me is that there's people that pretend to act like they're in the know, right? And so, like, they do these, like, doxing things. Like, this dude, uh, Chuck, he put out my full name. He found some, like, random photo about me. But then he put out false information, like some other kind of, like, court case stuff that has nothing to do with me, um, which is hilarious. It's fine. But I've been tapped like for like the like the last two months straight. I've been attacked by many, 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 many people. Um, the thing is that they're never refuting the information that I'm putting out. It's only trying to like personally attack me, which it's lies. Like, like, yes, of course. My name is Aaron Miller. Yes, of course. I was born May 27th, 1981. It's already fucking out there. Yes, I'm 6'3", 215 pounds. Like, yes, all those things are true. And then you attach like fake things and it just, it, it makes me realize like how stupid and silly these people are. But yeah, I've been attacked quite a bit in the last two or three months. I haven't done anything wrong. I don't do people wrong. I just talk about things, but yeah, they would see me fucking attacked. Uh, if I'm not called, listen, if I'm not called a fed at least once a week, then I'm not actually doing my job at all. So like, I, I'll accept that. Well, like what you're talking about. Yeah. Like these people are fucking unhinged. They're, they're lunatics. Anyway, it's not about me. Uh, Jeff, go I ahead. think they're just jealous. They're not a sexy raccoon. Yeah. It's what, it's really what it is. Carolina. It's, that's all it is. Jeff, go ahead. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Carolina on that. Um, but yeah. Do I call you trash or do I call you Aaron? You can call me Aaron, man. Okay. No, Aaron. Aaron, love your vibe. Love your energy. Love your voice. Love people who speak the truth. Uh, I go back with storm on clubhouse days and it's funny. Um, back in Clubhouse, before I was in Miami, when I was in uh, Connecticut, it was crazy because so many people, it was right during COVID and I was in all those rooms and um, so many people uh, would look, same. I, I went through what you were going through, Aaron. So it's funny because they'd look me up, say, oh, he was a semi-pro quarterback, all this stuff too. Cause, uh, and it was just so much whenever I, I spoke on, they would do the same exact thing. So I totally know where you're coming from. Totally love your vibe. First time in the room. Came in because Storm was in here. Um, but the one thing I noticed is that, and I'm a big fan of uh, the PBD podcast, Patrick and David. And me and my brother, we just started doing a show um, on Thursday nights at 8, just live streaming. Like almost, and I there's another guy who says, oh, let's see how much I could talk until I get canceled. It's like a thing to say now. But it, we need more voices up there to really just speak the truth. And Patrick's been a huge, if you haven't been to his event, The Vault, it was one of the most values and principles event I've been to, but he's been a huge influence to me 
to get out and say the voices and speak the truth, on certain things. Because if you don't, because and thank goodness that you know Elon bought Twitter and certain things that are happening. And the one thing that I love about um, spaces is the opportunity. Just in a, a point of raising your hands, we can connect with someone in, in such a easy point. And the fact that it's not um, what's the word? Uh, it's not like I feel like we actually have freedom. Like when we were live streaming on YouTube. I'm like, are they going to take this down? Because we're talking about a possible cyber attack. We're talking about other things that are are actually on the table for as we go into a crazy, you know, 2024 election. And as we get to this, this is going to be a year of chaos. So to have the freedom of speech where we can talk about stuff on this is extremely key. So I'll definitely tune into a lot of your spaces uh, going forward because my no, biggest thing I- is always stand for truth. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate it, Jeff. Um, so, like, one of the things about, like, the the spaces that I hold or, like, with my friends that we do investigative journalism, we only bring receipts, right? And I don't mean receipts as in I'm going to say something that's completely fucking just out of this world crazy, but I'm going to bring you receipts and show you that it's true. Like, that's not actually what we do. It's literally like, hey, I have these documents. I have these receipts. Take a look at these. This seems pretty problematic. What do you think? Because I'm going to read their own words. Here it is. This is kind of crazy. And I appreciate the kind of words that you gave me, but uh, I'll just say this. Uh, I think spaces, and this is why I've invested so much time in the last couple of years on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. The reason I've spent so much time and effort and investment on spaces is because it removes like the two-dimensional, uh, unclear context of what words mean if you tweet them or you print them or you, you type them on, on Facebook or, or social media or X, you can actually hear my voice. You can hear my, my inflection. You can hear if I'm being serious or sarcastic or joking, you can hear that I'm actually just being straight up. I'm, I'm telling you the information. This is why it's so important because it removes the ambiguity of not understanding of what's being said. And it doesn't allow people to spin it, twist it and turn it into something else that proves their 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 political activist point. You're actually able to say, nope, you can hear my voice, you can hear my context, you can know what I'm saying, you can know if I'm joking, you, you can know if I'm serious, and you can actually hear my nuanced take on something and it's not so black and white and boring. This is very, very, very important. As we move through the infosphere, as we move into this info space, as we move into maybe agreeing or disagreeing points of view, at least you understand the context of which I'm speaking. This is so very, very important. This is why I spend so much time putting my effort into spaces. And uh, Jeff, I appreciate uh, coming across you being a friend. Um, and I'm glad you showed up to the space. Dude, we do a lot of great fucking things. And uh, it's going to be a wild year this year. And I'm here for it. Uh, Aaron, go ahead. Since, since we are just uh, you know spending the time you know, pushing the time through. Uh, I would like to go back to the conspiracy chart because one of the things that they that this lunatic puts up here, so ju- just to rehash so we know the levels. The first level is things that actually happened, MKUltra, Tuskegee experiment, so on and so forth. Th- things we have questions, UFOs, Roswell, Denver Airport, F- JFK assassination, then unequivocally false, circle, circle, drop, uh, crop circles, the Beatles never existed, Elvis lives, so on and so forth. Then you, you go to the crazy things, and this this is where it absolutely gets unhinged. Dangerous to yourself and others. And this is science denial. If you're an anti-masker, 
then you are in denial of science. Anti-vaxxer, then you are in denial of science. If you believe that soy boys exist, then you're anti-science. Chemtrails, if you believe that there's such thing as chemtrails, you're anti-science. Now, some of these things you might say, you might say, well, you wouldn't believe, you wouldn't agree with the entire conspiracy theory, but there are certain things such as chemtrails. There's some truth to it that in the 1950s, I think it was, the U.S. government actually experimented with Agent Orange or the predecessor to a Agent Orange on Hawaii, on Hawaii citizens to test it out. And they said that it would not, it's not dangerous at all. They, they wanted to test it out so they could use it later on in, in, later wars and they actually did use it in the vietnam war and they wanted to test it out if it's actually harmful to people they said no it's not harmful to people and now we actually do know so with the chemtrails you wouldn't you may say well the chemtrails is a conspiracy theory yeah but i wouldn't put it behind the government to do something like this so the jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams so this is the dangerous to yourself and others category and the last one is the anti-semitic point of no return and it has your new world order QAnon, if you think anything about George Soros, then you, you are the worst of the worst. If you believe in a flat earth, that's somehow now anti-Semitic. Don't, I, I didn't make the rules. Ask them, hollow earth. If you believe in a hollow earth, you're somehow anti-Semitic. Then there's Nazis on the moon. I'm like, okay, then let's go get them. I'm like, how is that anti-Semitic? <laughs> the moon landing was fake. I'm like, what the hell are you even? How is the moon landing fake anti-Semitic? I think it's, it's stupid to believe that the moon, the moon landing wasn't was was fake only because the I'm not even going to look at the evidence. I'm just going to go just with two simple things. One, I do not believe that the government is that competent that it could fake a moon landing for so many years and then suddenly somebody with 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 an internet connection would be able to debunk it. They are. It's not so, that. It's not, it, Aaron. It's, it no, like, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Like, listen, I, I'm willing to hear. I'm, I'm willing to hear another side. But you're talking about having twenty to 30,000 government workers all in lockstep saying the same things and touting the same lie. And nobody, nobody came out and said, well, actually, I'm a whistleblower on this. Uh, we didn't go to the moon. It was all a movie set. It was all a movie production. And uh, we didn't do this. You're talking about like 20, 30,000 government workers that, that, that really don't give a shit whether or not we believe or not believe that we went to the moon. But you're going to have to convince like the 20 to 30,000 people that they're going to shut up. They're going to stay silent and nothing happened. No one, nothing ever happened. It was all fake. Uh, uh, they, they, it was a movie production. They did it in a pool. Like you, you can't do that. Right. So like exactly what I'm saying, you're ex exactly what I'm saying. And the second point on that is that the Russians would have been the first one to let you know that, hey, it was fake. But they were the ones who actually conceded saying, yes, actually, it did happen. So you'll have to explain that. Also, there, as, as far as I know, they, they set up reflectors on the moon that when you that when you point with a laser pointer, it will re be reflected back at certain angles at certain places. So you have to explain how that got there. And, and by the way, the last argument that I make on this is that you believe that a ship can float, but for some reason you can't, you don't believe that we made it to the new world, meaning that you believe that we can have spaceships, we can have satellites, but for some reason that ship can't sail to the moon. Come on. That's, I mean, Look, and again, there are some questions, such as they deleted the original film. There are some questions, some weird stuff going on. Yes, sure, we can have that conversation. I'm just trying to figure out, how is it anti-Semitic? Is the moon Jewish or something? <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> yeah. 
So if you guys don't know, you guys are joining us. I'm about to wind down the space. We started with um, uh, Mike Howell at the uh, Oversight Project at Heritage Foundation. Got a hold of this document that was actually given to the Department of Energy employees. The National Nuclear Security Administration compiled a lengthy report summarizing their views on conspiracy theories. This was shared with law enforcement, federal, state, and local levels, including the FBI. So like this thread that he put together, I actually have the full document. We, we, we've been going over it. But basically what they're doing, what they're doing is essentially they're taking um, what people believe. They, they no longer put faith in any kind of like legacy media. Right. And what people believe about conspiracy theories or lizard people or whatever the fuck they're doing. And they put together this document that, that was circulated in April of 2021 and was given to all the Department of Energy employees. And essentially they conflated like real questions, real stories that we have all had questions about with like flat earthers and lizard people and all like adrenochrome and all this, all this fucking nonsense. But they, they basically were conflating the lizard people believers with like people who had questions around, I don't know, global warming vaccine hesitancy like they, they're they're conflating the two and saying that like you should only go with trusted news sources because trusted news sources are the only ones that can actually tell you the truth which we know that that's not actually true at all and that's what the document that we were going over in this space so i'm gonna wind it down we're about seven minutes away uh jen and dustin have a space coming up but i, I want to thank you guys gorilla blanco fucking there's gorilla one more blanco thing in the house yeah, there's one more, just one more thing. It has you're saying it has you the reptilian overlords as an anti-Semitic point of no return. I'm like, dude, at this point, you're the one who's being offensive for point for trying to confirm this as if yes, yes, it is anti-Semitic to say that there is reptilian overlords. I'm like, why is that? You are now putting it into the anti-Semitic category. There's some people who want to believe that's fine. They want to believe that I don't care. But you're now putting it into the anti-Semitic. Now suggest I'm asking, what are you suggesting? And the last thing I'll point out here is also COVID-19 was made in a lab that is dangerous for yourself and others. You are not allowed to believe that COVID-19 was made in a lab. Can you believe this stuff? This is I mean, this is wait. So, even I mean, if the whistleblowers gave me the documents themselves, you mean to tell me that, or that you know they cooked up the first virus they excavated in Alaska with Otto, who was the paleontologist who actually permitted Fauci to excavate it to begin with. I think it was like 1990, 80 something, 85 when they started excavating, 93 or 92 when they actually retrieved it. This is kind of an outdated uh, chart. To be fair, it's outdated, but still, they had the gall still to po to to post this and say, if, if you believe in any of these stuff, you're a conspiracy theorist and the anti-Semitic point of no return. Well, nope, I'm not buying it. Aaron, I have a theory for the flat Earth being uh, anti-Semitic. If uh, the flat Earth is God's yarmulke. Maybe, maybe That's the hollow earth could be anti-Semitic because of the tunnels. I don't know. <laughs> oh, so Ashley St. Clair and I had a space about the tunnels. That was so fucking hilarious. You guys go back and listen to it. It's absolutely hilarious. All right. All right. I'm winding it down. I'm moving over to a space. we got about five minutes. I appreciate you guys being here with us today. Vinny, yeah, go ahead. Take us out. And then I'm going to shut that, it down. Oh, that's me just waving. Um, Hey, guys, uh, it was good being here. Trash does great space. I was just trying to wave, but I'll try and bring it out. Guys, if you're not following Trash, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, please follow him. We also got Dallas up here, who's a great uh, 
Spaces host and has a good podcast too. Uh, Jack Tron's good guy. I'm part of American Mission does good research. Aaron's a great, uh, what's it called? What would I say? Uh, conspiracy theory researcher does great stuff. Um, we got Mike Mack and other people in the room too. So guys, please uh, follow people who you heard and liked and uh, please subscribe to trash and hit the little bell for his spaces. So you get alerts when his uh, spaces come on. And besides that guys, have a good night and I'll see you in some other spaces. I'll see you guys soon. Thanks, Benny. All right, Storm. I'll holler at you, buddy. You, you have any words for us right now? I know you're like tweeting and like eating and doing whatever the fuck else but besides Twitter, but do you have any words for us, Storm, before I shut down? I have some. Um, I just want to say to everybody <laughs> that trash is the same person you hear here in this spaces as in person. Mm-hmm. Like when I met him, I was like, oh my gosh, like literally I, I was listening to him while we're sitting down and we're like eating and my kids are there. And uh, I was like, literally like I'm staring at you and it's like the same voice. It matches your face. Like it's, it's incredible. So the same that you hear here, that's what you get in person. So hopefully you, you know, you're lucky to, to meet him in person. I'm and Vinny, uh-huh. I'm always the same person. Like I, I, I can't, I can't be any more myself. Like I don't know what to tell you guys, man. Yeah, I don't think he was trying to not be himself when he first got on this damn Twitter. So, Vinny, you said what everybody else does, but you, you didn't say about me. What about? Uh, well, ever I feel like everyone already knows you and you. What's it called? But yeah, if you ever follow Carolina, she does great stuff. Does uh, a lot of work. But nobody knows what I do though. I, you <laughs> coordinate in the background. Oh, you used to be a TV producer. No, I know, but it's so funny because it's like I don't talk on the spaces. I fall asleep on the spaces. <laughs> Nobody ever sees me or hears anything about me, but I'm like on fire in the back thing, sending things in the back stuffs. And anyways, I'm I'm the back channel lady. So I'm gonna coin that. Actually, I needed like uh what is that? How do you say that? Patent patented or whatever? Trade it, trademark it. I don't know. I'm gonna trademark the back channels. Patent. As in general patent. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys.